But you don't think I can beat him? Is that what you're trying no. to say? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not going to be here forever. And what's that supposed to mean? It means you got to do some smart thinking. Oh, you want to talk about smart decisions, Rock? You in this house all alone. Who been taking care of you? Me. I've been here for you. Who else you got? Listen. I'm taking this fight with or without you. episode 129 of Do You Expect Us To Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by the classically trained Chris and Dave. How are you doing? I'm alright, thank you very much. Good evening, folks. And my introduction changes each time. Um, so yeah, in a change well, to the announced lineup. Each time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a, a diversion away from Marvel, because Creed 2 has come out. So we should be reviewing that this evening, starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, Dolph Lundgren, Will Harris, Florian Montianu, can't pronounce his name, but never mind, Brigitte Nielsen, and many, many more. Score by Ludwig Jorensen, with a script by Sylvester Stallone and Joel Taylor, and directed by Stephen Capel Jr. Who he? We shall explore. But anyway, this film has <laughs> been that? quite... Who that? Who that man? I expected Sly to direct, but no. Who that look? Um, yeah, this film has had quite a lot of hype behind it. What do we think of it? We all saw it recently. Dave, kick us off. I um, I think I'd rather actually start with my, my sort of worries before this film came along. Uh, Rocky, it's, it's really funny because I wrote a review on this for, for a site the other day, which is, is neither here nor there. But in that review, I was almost talking about the restraint of, like, if they leave it here, like, be brave and end the series here. And then it, I still, st- in 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 that article, that still makes sense. But then you think, it's been running for 42 years, has done eight films and has already had, like, a big dip. You know, so um, in some respects, you're, you're saying um, leave it here and be brave, but a- actually it's only because you went way bef- beyond the natural life of the, the sort of film series that... Um, <laughs> that you've actually got to the point where the where the series could actually sort of rise up again, but you know, I mean, the series started with an Oscar winner, had a decent follow up. The third film's a matter of opinion. The fourth film is fun. I mean, we did we weren't nasty to it, but it's not very good in in any sort of artistic term. Ninety minutes of largely montages, poor. Uh, what great poor, montages though. Really, really dumb propaganda, Classic and, and, montages. and a leading man who's just become a superhero when he wasn't even a particularly talented boxer in the first fucking film. <laughs> uh, the fifth episode wasn't very good, and so on. And really, the Renaissance started with Rocky Balboa, which actually doesn't look as good now as it did at the time, largely because uh, of what's come afterwards. But it was like the first film for years to sort of take it semi seriously and go back to that almost slightly gritty feel and a, and a man down on his luck, and so on. 
so when Creed was a revelation, it was unexpected. I, I didn't expect much from it. And it's a five-star film. I, I, if I were reviewing it for a website now or I was forced to give it a star, star rating, Creed is a five-star film. It's only been two in the series. The original Rocky is as well. So I just wanted them to stop. If you go back to listen to our Creed review, I'm saying please leave it here. You know, I'm not begging because I'll happily watch sequels, but just, you know, quit while you're ahead for once, for goodness sake. You know, you've put a bow on the series. You've brought in a new character. Not only have you brought in a new character, but that character has, has allowed Rocky to sort of uh, come full circle and get some closure on the one thing he's really guilty about, which is the sort of death of Apollo Creed. So I was a bit nervous. I wanted them to leave it. I also heard... Ryan Coogler was going off to do to work with Marvel, which obviously became Black Panther. And I thought, well, if he goes off to do Black Panther, that means Stallone will probably direct the sequel. And Stallone is not a bad director, but there is kind of a, a ceiling on his talent level. And that ceiling is probably Rocky II. That That's about the best you, you're ever going to get from like a Stallone entry at this stage. And we've talked, you know, we talked about during Rocky IV, you know, the 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 platitudes of this is your whole life here and really shit dialogue and you know rocky 2 with you know don't stop me being a man and all this and i thought i don't want that from a sequel but that was funny though i was all right with that you could put jokes like that in as much as you don't really do very much smealing mainly in this so i was a bit i was a bit concerned to say the least and then it got even worse because they announced this amateur boxer was going to play the son of ivan drago and i thought we're not even going to get the slow decline. We're not even going to get the sort of similar tone, but not quite as good sequel, and then descend into silliness. We're going to go straight to a sequel of the most cartoonish film in the series, and you're going to make a feature of a character that was like a supervillain in the first one, or the first time he appeared. So I really, really didn't want this film, and I was very, very nervous about what we would get. Um, so, I mean, I'll come to first thoughts in terms of what I actually think in a, in a minute, but that's really key. I went in last week and I'd seen trailers and they looked okay, but even then you had Rocky on the street outside his house. And all I could think of that speech from Rocky Balboa where he says, it's not about how hard you can hit, it's about hard you, how hard you can get hit, which is one of the best. It's, it's a bit cliched in its way, but it's so powerful. And it all looked like weaker versions of that stood on the street, you know, looking somebody in the eye and telling them about life. And I, I was really, really worried. That's what your film. dad said. He died in my arms, that kind of thing. That was in the trailer. And yeah. I thought, beautifully played. I could see immediately it was another really good Stallone performance. But I just thought, I am so worried about this. What about you guys leading into a sequel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was kind of half and half. I was like kind of similar, kind of, oh... I hope I hope it's good or I was like oh well Creed is a good way to end it if they did end it there it would be a really nice touch particularly with the last shot as well with both of them looking over the the steps but that's a really really good way to end it but at the same time I knew a sequel was inevitable uh, or at least they were going to try to do one so in a way I was like alright well I'm up for watching one and I hope it's good Uh and even though Kugler's not returning, it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be optimistic until, until the day comes, until it's, I watch it and it's rubbish. I'm gonna go, all right, well, I'll just discount it. I just won't bother it anymore. Um, 
But yeah, I know that when the trailers came out, I actually I got kind of pumped for it. It it it, it didn't look generic. It it looked like it had, it had some bite to it. It 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 looked stylish to a degree, and it was cut well enough that made me go, yeah, I'm serious. I'm pumped for this. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm seeing on Wikipedia and places like that this film had been announced. That was not my memory. We didn't know there was going to be a two. Did you want a second? I seem I, to remember you were keen for one, actually. To be honest, yeah, I, was, I thought there might be, because it seemed like Rocky was coming to a close and then Creed was opening up as the new the new, um, the, the new one to take over the mantle, I guess. Um, the new kind of spin-off series, as it were. Like, like a um, new character, a new... A new... Franchise. Yeah, so yeah. it'd be kind of like yeah, a new series like Rocky's protege, as it were. Um, but yeah, the end of yeah, the end of Creed. I kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe they'll they'll draw the series to a close. Um, but no, lo and behold, Creed two. No, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's very solid. Um, Plot wise, obviously, it's it's very basic, but contains a really solid montage. Um, I was pleased, you know, pleased to to hear the theme at that crucial moment as well. Um, but yeah, just it has a lot of heart, and it's kind of, to me, it's it surprised me on two counts. One that it, it was made at all, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, unfortunately. Um, it's just one of the things that you know that would be nice. Um, and also, for some reason, I was quite surprised that Stallone might direct. I think he was slated to at one point, as we've ex- as we've explained. Um, but um, Stephen Keeble Jr. Has, has has stepped in. We'll find out more about him later on. Um, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got one one small feature to his name, and that's it. But no, he does, he does a solid job oh, there. Man. I'm sure we'll see more greatness from him as time goes on mm. in the director's chair. I mean, I mean, it is hard because like we're we're a new director, we don't know what to expect. I mean, I I I do in a way feel slightly sorry for him in in a sense that uh, if if any of the negative reviews of this film tends to be kind of the attitude it's not Kugler and it's like okay but he's a relatively new director so we don't quite have a handle on his abilities his style I mean he could bring out some other great films post this and we could see like the DNA from from what we see in Creed 2 to in, in what he does so it, it's really kind of hard to say I mean he, he does a competent job anyway as far as I'm concerned I think there's it, it's really difficult because I think like I say I, I when they said it was going to be sly which it was for a while I think sly changed his mind I thought well the natural ceiling for the quality of this film now is Rocky 2 and Rocky 2 Creed is better than Rocky 2 but I liked Rocky 2 I liked it a lot so part of me was just artistically leave it but we might be given something fairly entertaining but there's only so many ways you can cut a sequel, and if you're going, if you're constantly leaning back into your past, you're not make, you're not breaking any new ground. Mm. I was concerned about it, and of course, what makes it worse for Capel is Kugler went off to do Black Panther, and Black Panther was absurdly popular, um, and even the feature he did before Creed, Fruitvale Station, was extremely uh, lauded. So it, it, we were all onto a bit of a loser with this, to be honest. And I just thought we're going to get Rocky Four, and I don't want Rocky Four. That's not to say I don't enjoy Rocky Four, but artistically, it's a weak film. And I think 
there was a path from Rocky to Rocky Four, and it's a path that, in in some respects, is interesting because you look at it and go, "Look how the series has morphed over a decade." If Rocky Two had, had Rocky Two had been replaced by Rocky Four, like maybe he'd won the title off screen after the first film, and Rocky Four had been its direct sequel, you would have just been Jesus! What the hell have they done to this? <laughs> it would have been like Highlander Two, you know? It's just like that's good. That bears no relation to what came before, and that's what I feared we were going to get. I t- I really feared it, and I also feared. And this is where there's there's a tension between what I want and what I think is good for me. I often talk about not giving too much background on characters and things like that and not explaining everything. Well, in my heart, quite often I want those things, but I just don't think they're, they're the best filmmaking and I don't think they're necessarily uh, particularly good for me as a film goer. And, you know, part of me wanted some of this but I just don't think it's good to be continually, um, even Sly. I mean, Sly gave what I think should have been an Oscar-winning performance last time out. But that doesn't mean we should be having a film that still leans very heavily on Sylvester Stallone's character and what happened with Drago and looking back over 30 years of a series. That's talking to the nostalgia in us. It's the same temptation that leads them to roll out the DB5 in Bond every five minutes. You know, you're either breaking new ground or you're not. And if you're not breaking new ground, why have you even brought a new ca- a character in? So th- those were my f- fears going in. You know, we, we saw early trailers where it was he died in my hands and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking, well, on paper, at least we dealt with this in the last film. In the last film, he finished talking to the commentators in the in the ring about he was proud to be his father's son, and you know, you know, and understanding he wasn't really like abandoned. That's not how it was, and he'd made his name, and he now had a future in the sport. And in some respects, we are going over all that ground again. Um, what I will say though is, fuck me, what character work. I think there there are weaknesses in this film. I mean, I, I, would, I think Bianca is very poorly served as a character in this film. Um, but Sly is almost as good as he was in Creed. He's um, even more aged and sort of broken down by this point, but without playing it as a quote-unquote old man. Um, and I just think that there's so much... I mean, Donnie particularly, you know, Michael B. Jordan, I think, plays the sort of in-ring stuff better than anything I've seen in the series since probably um, since probably Carl Weathers. We talked in our Rocky Two review about how well Carl Weathers was playing exhausted at the end of that fight. And I've not seen that degree of pain from the sort of the inside out. You know, that what normally happens is they film the fight and obviously between rounds they're adding prosthetics to the fighters to show like cuts damage they spray them a bit more because they're sweating and get them to move a bit more ponderously i've never seen in a pg-13 setting i mean make no mistake this is not raging bull with blood coming down off the ropes or something but in a pg setting uh, pg-13 setting it's absolutely agony for him when his ribs are broken and at the sort of distance that cameras normally put you from the action, 
we don't even normally recognize that in real boxing. And I was reminded of when Muhammad Ali fought um, Larry Holmes in 1980. And one of the commentators said, you know, one of the saddest things was this, this man who'd been a god in this sport, possibly the greatest of all time, was hit with a body punch and screamed. And I was just reminded of that, that we I felt kind of tense through all the fights and I wasn't nervous about any of the results. I had a fair idea of the sort of general where we were going at each point in the film just because of where we were in the film. There is a bit of a there is there are two uh, spoiler alert. There are two Victor Drago fights. Um, the first one goes the way you think it's going to, but doesn't have the result you think it's going to. And that's almost a riposte to Rocky three. And we'll get there. Um but I felt quite tense during all of them because I felt his pain and confusion. So I think what makes this film so special is a very good chemistry between the two leading men and an, I think an exceptional performance from Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, he, he does, I, I, he does one of the, some of the best on-screen crying I've seen recently. Yeah. Like uh, it, it felt really kind of like yeah, that's a guy broken. That's you know that that it it didn't feel. I mean it's it's I mean it's really like overtly like crying, but it isn't like you know in the melodramatic in the melodramatic sense of of what we're used to. You know, in the kind of like you know we we when you see you see like for for consideration at the bottom you know you, you generally are like wow that that is that looks like as real as it gets you know that's you know that's really selling it so i was generally really impressed for it and and i suppose i really got like he really did look like carl weathers in creed when he was boxing he had especially towards the end he kind of like he had the sort of same look and move movements it kind of felt like yeah this 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 is creed's son like this is like, you know, this completely sells it to me, and he and he was really really impressive in in the fight sequence. I thought. I think the same as well. I think um, Michael B. Jordan here. I think he stands out, even though the film does revolve around him. Um, and also, we pop back and forward. Um, obviously, having um, Drago kind of pop up as well. I just kind of think, to be fair, I did sort of think, oh no, here we go again. It's just going to be a repeat of the Cold War movie. Um, but no, Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. He makes this film. Like he, even compared to you know his his Marvel role, he sort of looks completely stacked like physically. Um, like to my mind, I'm, as I say, I'm not one to follow boxing, unfortunately. But to my mind, he he could be he could be a fighter. Um, if somebody you know if he was like oh, you know if somebody come up to me if I didn't know that, that he was an actor and and that's a filmmaker. Um, if somebody told me oh no actually yeah no he's a pro boxer I'd be like okay I can believe that. But no, he looks really good. Um, he moves really well. He's he looks quite athletic. Um, and, but yeah, when you during the fight scenes, you really you know you kind of really feel that he's taking it. Like when you know when the he took that hit to his ribs, I think I actually went oh you know and winced out loud. Um, <laughs> the, the, the people sat behind me were like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and the, the thing is, like we we've laughed at you playfully over things like that in the past because you're quite a soft, gentle soul, really. But it's just like, you know, I when did. things connect like that, you just think, fuck, But I know. did. I did. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. I don't think I gasped or said anything out loud, but I was, like, viscerally a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's, it's quite, it's, it's good, you know, testament to, like, acting, makeup, mm. cinematography, um, sound effects, like, Foley, that's really, really good, you know. 
they can achieve that effect and make it sound like bones crunching and you think but there are scenes out, there are scenes outside of the ring as well where i just think oh, he shows a, d- a degree of pain and, and confusion that mm, and pain and confusion are two terms i keep coming back to with this performance here and we'll, we'll get to them there are scenes in this film i think the points of comparison actually serve it quite well because um the points where i'm reminded of the rocky series it tends to be weaker elements I mean, there's a whole hospital drama in Rocky II. Um, and it's melodramatic and not that well done. And it's one of the weaker parts of that film and it goes on too long. Well, it's possibly the one bit of this film that drags a little bit, but it's actually played a bit more real world and human in this film. Um, Rocky IV, he goes into like the lion's den, you know, a Russian stadium or a Russian arena. And there is, and it reminds me of Blackadder Goes Forth. Where he said, where he's told to go and draw like the enemy position, and he comes back and it's all like elephants and armament factories, <laughs> right? Well, it's a bit like that. Rocky Four's arena is dreamed up by someone who's never been anywhere near Russia. I'm convinced because you know they've got to go through like fucking locked doors and barbed wire and shit, and it's this really dark, nasty environment. In this film, it's a sports arena because why the fuck wouldn't it be? Right, of course it's going to be a sports arena. If you have a fight in Moscow, you're going to fight in a in an environment that suits having a fight in it, which means it's going to be vaguely like fighting in Los Angeles or anywhere else. Um, and so the points of comparison serve it well. There's a couple of compar- points of comparison with Rocky Three. The way he's goaded into taking the fight, there's some similarities, but it's different, and it's better for being different. There's even it's even a bit of element of uh, five with the uh, with the a- agent character of like he he had a vague sense of touch me and I'll sue kind the of promoter thing. yeah but he was a bit more real world he was pushing he was. the limits and he was trying to goad and he was being a twat but he wasn't a cartoon Rocky three has a bit it, it's one of the, my favourite bits of the film except this beat I talked in the original Rocky three review about the opening three or four minutes of, of the film after the, you know, recap, the eye of the tiger section where you get this wonderful three minute montage uh, montages in Rocky are always fun, but they're never objectively generally good storytelling. Well, it really was there. It took you through him winning the title to becoming complacent and Creed rising to sort of number one contender. Well, there's a fight, Creed, uh, Creed, not Creed, I mean, I mean, Clubber Lang, sorry. Clubber Lang hits someone when he's on the floor. And I said during that review, and I listened back to it today because I thought I've got to remind myself some of the things I said. I haven't listened to all of it, but I, I listened far enough to hear myself say that would either be a disqualification or a no contest. It should be a disqualification. But again, thinking of our old friend Riddick Bowe, he once got a no contest on a fight where he hit someone when they were on the floor. Or on a knee, anyway. Um, so occasionally, it's poor refereeing will sometimes let it get out of hand, and they'll compromise with like a no contest or something. And in this fight, a major plot beat, or in this film, a major plot beat we'll get to, is a riposte to that. That, like in the real world, that wouldn't happen. It's a disqualification. And narratively, in some respects, he should lose, but he doesn't because the way they've decided to tell that story with a slight lack of discipline and the, and the get out of allowing him to decide to save face if he wanted to, they've gone with like a disqualification. Well, back in the 
good or bad old days, depending on, on how you look at them, of the 80s Rocky films, those excesses got ignored. So in some respects, the derivative bits of this film are deriving from the poorer parts of some of the films that have come before. And so this film comes out looking okay. Um, I gave it a very strong review, largely because the character work is so strong. The storytelling is decent, a little bit perfunctory, because it is. there's only so many ways you can tell a sequel. And it is kind of the structure of Rocky Three, kind of the tone of Rocky Two, kind of the themes of Rocky Four. Um it's a it, big, it's a big mishmash of like yeah, mis- of but, two, three, well, four, isn't it? Really, we thought we we thought we were going to get Rocky Four, and we haven't. So in some respects, the fact that they've meshed it into something a bit fresher is good. Mm. Um, but also the end result, it just is is probably better than any of those. Rocky Two runs it reasonably close, but even Rocky Two has some poor dialogue, a bit of melodrama in it, and. Sly's actually been better in the Creed films than than he was as a younger man in some of the Rocky sequels. And Michael B. Jordan is, is I think, better than... Not necessarily a better character, because Rocky was so sweet. We all loved Rocky. We all, we all like, our heart went out to that, to that man. But some of the stuff that comes out of Stallone's mouth and some of the way he acts in the ring and stuff like that doesn't hold a candle to the performance we're getting here. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I really enjoy my time of it. Um, I think it's more, more of a crowd pleaser, of, of the, obviously so. I mean, it, it does just mesh, like, two, three, and four together, predominantly. You can kind of see, like, yeah, you got, like, the, the Adrian stuff is, is probably Rocky two, you know, or, or Bianca in, in this, you know, in, especially with the hospital. Uh, you've got, like, you, you've got the setup of three, essentially, with... With essentially with uh, Drago being Rocky golded into a fight and it yeah. not going the way you want, but, yeah. Um, it it kept doing just the same, but just a bit differently. It just it just touches. For example, uh, as as we'll get to, it he doesn't lose the the first fight. It's the disqualification, and I, and I and when it was getting to that, I was thinking, I hope it's like I hope it's like that because obviously he's gonna get absolutely his ass handed to him. But I hope he doesn't lose the title. And partly, partly what that was down to me. I don't want him to lose the title that early. He's just got it. Uh, yes, and, because he and, won it in this fight. It isn't like Rocky Three where he's been champ for three yeah. years. He won it like twenty minutes before. And and also that that just goes to show that I actually care about the character. I was like, I was like, oh, I don't want him to lose it that soon. It's a bit. It kind of diminishes his, his legacy to to a degree. But also. It, again, it's 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 different, and I think you know. I say what well, like it did with with a disqualification. Um, it it does the same thing, uh, you know, which is he got his ass handed to him, and, and everyone knows that really he lost the fight, and now he's kind of tied into this. Well, he has to face him again to kind of prove that you know he can't just like refuse, refuse the title to him. You know, Rocky now. was in a different position. Rocky had yeah. made ten successful defenses. Yeah. And he was 34, which was old in that era, if you like. And so they could have said, well, he, he, he could have, he wouldn't really have lost any face. He would have, he could have left and been, and been told, well, you're a limited fighter anyway. You New won the title against the great. You made 10 defenses and you lost when you were comparatively old and your trainer died the same night. Yeah. If he retired cover, then, yeah, yeah. it would have been more fair enough. Well, Creed's barely got fucking started. Mm. 
Um, so I do understand that. There are a few issues as I go through in the way it's shot. We're going to get to one very early in the film, and I'll, I'll come to it in a minute. Um, there's a few um, elements of shifting timeline again. Uh, Donnie seems at least at best the same age, if not younger, than he was in the last film, and I'll come to that, and they've got his record slightly wrong. But again, it's blinking, you miss it. Loads of little Easter eggs for previous films. If you spot them, you spot them. If you don't, you don't. For example, Donnie does appear to be wearing that um, boxing glove um, necklace that uh, Mickey gave to Rocky. Mm. I don't know if you Yeah, I spotted that. that one as well. I thought, oh, is, is that the same thing? Yeah, and I think that's, it that's is. It's a nice, that's a nice it's kind not, of passing on the And I no. like that because it's not important. Whereas the Rocky films were... It doesn't make At a big their thing worst, the bit Orsie and Kurtzman in that everything had to be fucking explained and we had to see the yeah. moments. Every moment of emotion had to be played out on screen in front of us. Well, here here it's like, well, he's been with him a few years. He's not close to his own son. Uh, if it's a boxing glove, there's a boxing uh, derivation of this particular sort of artifact. So what he would give it to a box, you know, a boxer he was close to rather than his son. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of got all that. I was really worried about the return of, of Ivan Drago. Uh, I've never been, Chris will probably disagree with me here because he's got more of a sort of action bent to, to his film going, but I was never the biggest Dolph. fan. Dolph. I wasn't, I, I was, Dolph, I've, I think I've said this on the show before, Dolph makes me appreciate Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because <laughs> I grew up thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger was a terrible fucking actor. And, and when Dolph. I got, when I got to my teens and you go through that, slightly kind of obnoxious phase which I'm hoping will end soon um, <laughs> you go through that slightly obnoxious phase where you're into like real art in film and anything crowd pleasing you have, I think it's half the reason I don't like Jurassic Park I mean, well, we'll, cover, we'll cover it one day but I was 16 when it came out and I was like I was suddenly into like arty films and this uh, yeah exactly um and I think it's like too cool I, for this. Like, <laughs> I think too cool so. for school, Dave. I, I mean, if someone if someone said that to you at the time, you'd be horrified because it feels so genuine at the time. But what it is is just a lack of balance. You, the well, pendulum, you do sort of go through a phase, don't you? A the kind pendulum of swings too far, and then yeah. actually, it swings back a bit, and you can actually enjoy something. You come out the other side. But around that time, he was making stuff like Last Last Action Hero, which I admit I haven't actually seen. Well. I, no, it's one of the, one of the <laughs> Sorry. But he was starting to go. A lot of people haven't seen Last Action Hero. It bombed Becca. No, um, I was being The point is, he, he, he used to turn up in films. Actually, I don't think I've seen that either, so I can't way, really talk. Repeat the same lines all the time. He used to cram all the same lines in. And, and his biggest um, attribute seemed to be that he was kind of muscular. And it's like, well, fucking anyone could do that, surely. I think that's why Simpsons, um, you know. McBain, like in the nineties, obviously a pastiche of those typical Arnie movies. But then you go back. But then you go back and watch Masters of the Universe. And Dolph Lundgren is anonymous in his own film. In my view, to to be fair on him in that he 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 was meant to like over like uh, redub his lines, but they so he gave a flat reading. Going, we'll we'll dub it later. Yeah, no, you have told me that before. (laughs) The fact is, you watch Arnold Schwarzenegger now, and he's pretty fucking magnetic, and he he commands the screen and stuff like that. And Dolph Lundgren, to me, the Ivan Drago character was the absolute. Well, no, perhaps Tommy Gunn was, but he was one of the dears of the series for me, because I, I thought 
4 was just a lazy film. It was America rah, rah, rah. And to fucking prove that, you put this fucking drugged up robot on the screen. He had absolutely zero personality. Nearly all his talking was done for him. And basically, he would just look tough and occasionally have a needle stuck in his arm. And I thought, how the hell are you going to marry that with Creed? And they've done it. They've done it. Dolph Lundgren is very good and very human in this film. Yeah, I quite enjoyed Dolph in this film. The only thing is, they really milked that. I would look at sort of line. It's like he says it, the son little, says it. They quote little, it again. Like, I, I counted three times. But most of the time, it's actually used as a sort of goading. Yeah, it's kind of. Used, he says used, it, used he said, when he says it to his son, he actually means break his ribs again. Yeah, literally. Right? Like, yeah. You know. And when quite often he'll say, he's saying things to Rocky or on the scales to. Adonis. Yeah. Actually just goading. They're just trying to get he's trying he's obviously trying to ups, unsettle him at the way in. Of but course. before that when he's talking to Rocky, he's trying to goad Rocky. Is that it's kind of old rivalry coming to the floor? It's a two-pronged approach. I'll goad Rocky because I've got history with him. Yeah. You, the promoter, go and goad Adonis, and we'll yeah. hopefully get what we want. I was just like, oh no, I was he kind of going there thinking, Oh, I hope they're gonna do that line <laughs> like yeah, three well, times. See, I'm, like, oh. I'm not I'm not nostalgic in that way, you know. It's I, I'm I'm I. We talk about it with Bond all the time. Bond has more tropes, and I sort of want to see them. But I've said this before: if you don't put Q in the film, so what? I don't give a shit. Let just well, no, make the film. And serve the film. Serve the film. And if the trope fits in naturally, it's a bit like when Bond does a funny line. If it fits in naturally, great, because Bond does funny lines. If it doesn't, don't fucking force it. No. And I thought Drago only had a handful of lines of dialogue in that first film he was in. So I thought, if you if you try and riff on that you're going to be riffing off a very small sort of real estate of stuff. Yeah, it's not, like not much to go off. So it is going to be, break him, I will break you. It's, <laughs> it's a bit like Arnie. Arnie gives a political speech now and says, I'll be back in there. And you think, come on, you did more lines than that, shouldn't you? <laughs> you're That's terminated. But, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, loads and loads of that sort of thing. But, you know, Ivan, Ivan, so not Ivan Drago, Dolph Lundgren is evidence to me that the Arnold Schwarzeneggers of this world are a lot more talented than people give him credit for. So like that's his only line. But yeah, but it's, it's, very it's not, good major, this. not a major this is, problem. A, I enjoyed is, it. This is a human sort of slightly broken performance. Well, you think about like what his character was, I mean yeah, is as as you said, he was a drugged of robot. And that's what that's basically what his character was. Uh and he was basically sort of done sort of basically created a test lab to to a degree. Uh, for the principles of Mother Russia, so he's yeah, kind he's of like, prototype. yeah. So, 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 so. In other words, it's, he, he's a guy who feels like he's just fallen by the wayside. Uh, feels feels like he has something to prove, and and kind of wants to regain something back. And it's, um, yeah, it, you know, it's 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 kind of takes that logical step. Well, who is this character? I mean, I see it in um, in Rocky Four when that starts to break, where he's just when. When like towards the end of fight, he goes like, "I don't do this for you, I do this for me," you know, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I always have a bit of faith in Dolph to be honest with you. I, I, you know, yeah, he's not the greatest actor, admittedly. Though I, I kind of like him as a guy. Uh, so I, so whenever he, he, you know, he, he gives like a bit more humanized performances. Um, 
yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pleased he's there. And in some respects, there's a bit of a meta narrative of here, here that he could be bitter, bitter about his own career if he was minded. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been unsuccessful, but he hasn't been wildly successful either. He was meant to join the the table, you know, and be mm. a, a sort of Schwarzenegger or Stallone, and and he's barely even a Van Damme in terms of career success. So um, to come back all these years later, when when he was meant to be the next big thing, you know, you, Canon Films were great at like overhyping everything, and and when Masters of the Universe came along, they were talking about it as like the Star Wars of the eighties. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't the only one who did that. But the He <laughs> Man was massive. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. as a cartoon and sort of. Um, I was a big fan of He Man back in the day. He-Man, she so was all over that. Yeah, but yeah. Canon also nearly had uh, Spider-Man. They did. Yeah, so very nearly, that's near, true. Nearly. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Bill all sorts of purposes, uh, for what... Ev- but you could have signed on the dotted line saying, right, this is my Rocky series or Rambo yeah. series or Star Wars series or Superman series or whatever. And actually what came out was a cheap lackluster film mm. in which he wasn't very good. There are reasons for it, and I've heard those reasons before. Um, and his career faded away to nothing and kind of it was really only the sort of expendables that brought him back and i've seen the first two expendable films he's not very good in them so um the only thing that does jar slightly here is you can tell that's not his natural accent that's not his natural speaking Mm. voice and you could feel it but Mm. the body language and the eyes and the slightly diminished stature because as well his son's a bit taller than him and bigger than him um actually plays really well there's a scene in the film where he's in a suit and and he's wearing the suit like he's bought it from a second-hand shop or something Mm. it it's i'm kind of impressed by this and and they found wrinkles in characters that didn't have any wrinkles that didn't have any interesting characteristics. I was really nervous going in. The end result is terrific. The story is kind of the weakest element, but the character work is very, very good indeed. The performances are very, very good indeed. I openly the, the themes admit, as well. I think how they uh... the themes are great. There is there is a little bit of duplication for last time. Again, it's quantum of solace syndrome. Well, you know, at the end of Casino Royale, finally he's Bond, and then we've got to watch him become Bond again in the next film. Where yeah. we saw him deal with the chip on his shoulder, Adonis, in the last film. We saw him come to terms with his father's legacy. Now we've got to watch him do it again. But if it's got one thing over the last films, I'm more convinced by those thematic elements probably than last time. Last time's film was less formulaic. It was probably a better film. Well, no, it's not probably a better film. It's a better film. Creed is a better film than this. But as sequels go, this is right at the top end. I can only put the two quote-unquote originals ahead of it. Rocky's a better film. Creed's a better film. Nothing else in the series touches this. And I actually got tearful a couple of times. Um over bits we'll come to and the film ends and we'll, we'll i won't talk about what it is now but the film ends leaving me with that feeling i got at the end of indiana jones and the last crusade where i just go perfect please leave it there mm. uh yeah i yeah i do think um the main themes of the film are basically kind of like father and son and how and how much you need family to back you up i think though i think that's the main message I got from it, um, and I think it hangs it really well. It does, it does, it does things a lot, uh, a few different things with really nice touches. Even with like the Dragos, that you know, it, 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 they're very humanized, and it even even though they are quote unquote the the villains of the film, 
but they're not villains, are they? Not no. in not in the not slightest. really just opponents. Whereas yeah. he was in the first film, he was he was he was just there to, as a distru- dist- There was some sympathy for him mm. because he was clearly a puppet, but he killed someone and didn't give a shit. He'd killed them. Mm. I don't think that was the way it was written. I, I, I've I've heard conversation about the if he dies, he dies. It wasn't meant to come out quite like that. But the end result is he's like, well, I've killed him, so fucking what? It was, pro- it was probably more the fact that he was like essentially a robot. He just, yeah. yeah, he just had... Yeah, I've, d- the... I've done my job. I'm not in control of what happens now. Yeah. Um, uh... But there are, there are so many things about this film that are great. And there's, there's things I did notice second time. Um, that we'll, we'll perhaps come to that add even more pathos to the Creed's story. Um, with that, shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yes. Because you... I would like to just start with one thing I didn't like in the film. We start in the Ukraine. Ukraine. I, 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 I know, yeah. you know, I usually thought of, I usually thought of Iron Man too. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, what um, War Machine in the yeah. film? Mm, that's well, true. What I don't like here is the colour grading's a bit on the nose. Every time we're in it's the cold. Ukraine or around the It's blue, it's, really... it's grey, it's bleak, it's yeah, cold. And of course, get, it's we're concrete. About to cut to, yeah, concrete. We're, we're about to go to multicoloured fucking Vegas right after this. I thought this was a little <laughs> bit on the nose. Yeah, Vegas, Aren't they Vegas is very much on the nose. They're Vegas living in a tower incredible. block in the Ukraine. Now, in case we forget to mention it later, the wrinkle I noticed second time is I realised they'd gone to the Ukraine because they were kind of in disgrace. But there were two elements that I didn't realise it was on a more formal fitting than that. Firstly, when they talk, one of the new sports reporters or newscasters talks about Victor. He talks about them going to Russia or Russia, his father's homeland. Mm. So... He's been in exile. They don't even effectively have Russian citizenship, or Victor doesn't anyway. There is a point in the film where there's a cameo we'll get to a bit later where they're clearly honoured by like the Russian embassy or something like that. And he's handed a set of shorts, and I never got boxing shorts, and I never got I didn't get the relevance of that the first time. They're in Russian colours. Mm. They're they're basically being readmitted to Russian life. That's what if I thought, because like. they, they, the, kind of, they bear the colours of the Russian flag, and I was like, huh, okay. So I, it's kind of like back. I think they are literally in exile. Not just, uh-huh. we'll go and live in exile because we're not welcome. I, I'm, I don't even think Victor has Russian citizenship. I think it's conferred upon him about halfway through the film. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of like a disgrace thing, and it's all it's about honour for them, and yeah. yeah. First thing is, well, the, the next thing I didn't really notice the first time, well, I noticed it, but I didn't really think about it. Victor is sleeping on a sofa. They're living in like a one-bedroom apartment or something. They're living in relative poverty. Yeah, yeah. We, it, I mean, it looks like no one else is there as well. But it's one of those like abandoned, abandoned places. But yeah, yeah. It's like when you see footage of um, Chernobyl. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I, I did kind of get a whiff of that. Unfortunately, it's more from a kind of like a, a forgotten like Soviet era. Um, concrete block. It's kind of grim, isn't it? Just a little yeah. bit. Um, and Victor, we get the impression we see him training early in the film. It's intercut with other films, things. But the gist of all films, of really? this, he, he's working. Yeah, it's intercut with Bambi. Um, <laughs> he's working on a building site or something like that. Uh, he's training really hard, and his dad is effectively bullying him. He's effectively 
forcing him beyond any kind of reasonable degree of effort. You know, chasing him, not chasing him with the car, but following him with the car and getting really pissy if he can't give more. Can I say run faster? I mean run faster. Mm. But in a dodgy accent. <laughs> At the same time, I had a bit of a shock here. We cut to Las Vegas. The first line of the film is spoken by Bianca. First line of the film, we got this. She has a look out into the arena and yeah. just immediately realises what a, a man is about to walk out into. It's about to challenge for the WBC World Heavyweight Championship. WBC, for those not particularly into boxing, is normally considered the premier of the belts. I got a bit of a shock here because he fought Danny Stuntman Wheeler, Andre Ward from the first film. Yeah. Andre Ward looks like he's eaten another fighter. He's massive. I, <laughs> I couldn't could believe it. I was believe like, the, hell? the difference in the guy because he was so slender in the last one. And he's grown hair and he's got a beard. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, this man was like a super middleweight or something, and he he just looks fat here. In he's a chunk. I mean, to be honest, I didn't see much of him because we didn't spend that much time. If they had named him, I wouldn't have gone. Oh, look, it's Andre. Yeah, Wood. I, would, I mean, I, I would have recognised him, uh, but but then but then again, we have very little time with him. You only see like a bit of him fighting, and when we hear about like what's happened to him, it's a nice little round off from what happened last time where. Yeah. He basically got knocked out by him and took his car. So there's a bit of a right. Well, I know I've I've got my car back kind of thing. Uh, but what, what... I like the reveal of Sly when they're getting ready. She goes up to him and they're signing to each other. Yeah. Obviously, they, she's obviously teaching him sign language in t- in readiness for her going deaf. So she actually signs a little call back to the first film. Did you take a shit? Yet? Yeah, because he got the gloves <laughs> on in the first film yeah. and needed a shit. Um, what I like is the guy behind them the guy behind them with his back to the camera I thought that was Sly, it wasn't hmm. Sly appears from like stage left talking yeah it's um, always like a slow reveal Sly is so calm every time he talks to a boxer it's this tone all the way through very very calm he's totally t- found his voice as a trainer he's not irascible Mickey is he no it's like, Although, isn't he, he must be like getting close to like Mickey's age or something, or I our think, age Mickey. I think he may be older than Burgess Meredith was in the first film now. Yeah, he's getting that way. I think Burgess so. Meredith was about 70. And it, didn't, it didn't sort of look old or past it or anything, but I kind of thought, well, they must be quite getting quite similar in age now. Well, we, this so. series has been running 42 years. Mm. And he wasn't young for a boxer when it started. He was about 30. So, yeah, um, there's, a, there's a nice feel to this, that sort of calm before the storm. I mean... Yeah, he's very chilled out. The best trainers will often talk about just taking the stress out of a scenario, keeping it calm, just talking about what you're planning to do. Yeah. But again, we've got an early sign of the platter juice that's going to come. You know, the the height of the steps to go into the ring and stuff like that. We're moving away from practical vi- advice and to every bit of dialogue being some kind of life lesson. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, the, but it's, it's like one way. step at a time, kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah. What. Well, one step at a time, one punch at a time. You know, it's just yeah. like any other fight. The fight itself's dull as shit, but it's just it's just a story beat. It's just we need to see him win it. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, eh, would mm. would you would you have liked to see him a bit a bit more of a fight? No, not really. Serves what's needed. The only thing I noticed is uh, we cut to the two people talking. There's Jim Lampley, who was in the last couple as part of the HBO team. I'm assuming Larry Merchant's retired now. The guy with him, the co-commentator, is Roy Jones Jr. You'll have seen him in The Matrix Reloaded. Um, in my adult life, 
the two best boxers I've ever seen were Roy Jones Jr. and Floyd Mayweather. He's one of the best two boxers I've seen as an adult. I say that because Muhammad Ali was still active when I was a kid and Sugar Ray Leonard was fighting when I was a kid and stuff like that. But post, like, 1992-1993, he's one of the best two boxers I've ever seen. Really, really exceptional fighter. Um, but they're talking about him, and again, all the dialogue's very on the nose. We're told mm-hmm. he's had six fights since he lost to, pretty, uh, to Ricky Conlon. Uh, their records come up on the screen, and I noticed two things. I noticed... Uh, Adonis was 23 and 1 and I'm thinking if he's had 6 that means he was 17 and 1 after the Ricky Condon fight, there are a fight or two out there, uh-huh. I'm sure Ricky Condon was his 17th fight, so there's On a the slight mistake there, the second mistake is, or I think it's a mistake I know we've got a shift in timeline but the fight with Drago is still uh, I think where it was in 1985 they make references to 30 years once or twice even if you said it was 30 years um, Adonis is being sho- that's, uh, Adonis is being shown as 28 in the last film in real time it was three decades on from his death even if she literally just got pregnant with him he was 29 mm. so he's either frozen in time or he's even getting younger <laughs> he's travelling in time going backwards yeah it's not a big deal but I noticed it and it kind of pissed me off I thought so well, just, continuity have, error, just really, have him be 31 uh, heavyweights um, age a bit slower anyway yeah. but anyway it doesn't matter so he wins the fight um, and I, I love the fact that it takes him a while to calm down and actually notice what he's done Bianca has to go in and kind of did you just see what you did mm-hmm. he's still like worked up and furious can you believe it that chip from the first film I want my car back. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. I mean, go wait, buy, go like, buy fucking General Motors. You got enough money now. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it kind of like uh, it kind of like echoes what's going to about to happen because he's clearly got a bit of a bit of something to prove, a bit of ego about him. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. I like the fact Danny Stuntman Wheeler, Andre Ward is overweight though because it does serve the narrative that like he fought him when he was fucking past it anyway. Mm. Yeah, he was number. He was number two in the world in the first film. Yeah, I mean, do, do you sort of reference the fact that like his punches aren't having the same thing anymore? That's he, very on he, the nose. That would just that takes punch it. there. That exact punch there, audience, would have been a knockout three years ago. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's a bit yeah. overweight. He's I, I, a bit I, in the first film, he was supposed to fight Ricky Conlon. The reason Conlon ended up fighting Creed is he broke Wheeler's um, jaw at like a press conference. So he was like number two in the world. So they these guys are both blown up like heavyweights. Yeah. So, yeah. So where do we go from here? Do we have the? I think uh... we go. I think we go to the um, the post fight stuff. He talks to Rocky about wanting to propose. Shows mm-hmm. him a ring. Uh, and actually, oh, that, like... that scene really got to me. I was just sort of like, he goes, he goes in there. Yeah, Ben. Just like, before oh. that, before that scene, because I'd like to hear you talk about that scene. But when he talks to Rocky, there's a character beat that's really on the nose, but I like it. He shows the ring to Rocky, and he said, "Why don't you tell me about this before?" He said, "I didn't know I was going to win." He said, "What's that got to do with anything?" He said, I don't <laughs> that's know. What, "Yeah, that's really interesting." And like, it's well... the idea that he doesn't fucking deserve anything. He has to continually be winning to impress people to like prove he's worthy. I yeah. like that beat. 
But Becca, uh, tell us no, about I, say, I, th- I think that's quite interesting because that kind of struck a chord with me as well. But it's like, you know, he should be able to, to stand on, on his own on his own terms without constantly having to prove, you know, that he's a winner and therefore that he, because he's a winner, he deserves these things rather than just, okay, just, just be and you deserve it anyway. You know, don't let your, I don't know, be defined by your success or be defined by your constantly winning. And it's, I felt a little bit like, oh, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. What um, about the proposal itself? Prior to that, I just have a little comment. This is sound really silly, but obviously not having grown up, well, watched like WWF and stuff like that in the 90s. But in terms of like boxing, for example, it's been interesting like having having you guys to sort of like guide me through Rocky. And I think it's always good, this is going to sound really cheesy, but always good like in sports films when they have um, like actual like commentators from the sport or... Um, you know, past participants who have now gone on to, to become talking heads and to become commentators. I think it always adds an extra layer of authenticity. I was, there are some sports films that I've seen and they have like fake commentators or they have like a cameo from somebody who used to be a famous um, a famous commentator. But I think it's quite good, you know. And obviously you've got like Michael Buffer, people like that. Um, They've split the, the difference here. They've dropped the HBO presentation but kept their commentary team. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think I kind of feel it was nice as well to not have so much HBO I've nothing wrong with it, but I feel it's a little bit too much overkill with the product placement a little bit. Obviously, you know, that's how films are financed. But I felt last time it was a little bit like sponsored by HBO. But this time around, not so much. Um, but no, it's it really good. Obviously, can't do boxing without Michael Pottie. He's like the voice of boxing, for sure. Um, but as I say, with those um, ex-sportsmen that you mentioned a few moments ago, um, it's really good to have, have their involvement. It adds that extra layer of authenticity, which I well, felt... The, the one thing I, I noticed that nothing ever looks as big when you're there it's like i once went to like the house of commons and it's fucking tiny it, i mean it just it looks <laughs> it's so on tv and i went i've been to like wembley and other places and they always look smaller than they imagine than you imagine they're gonna be no, i was going to wembley like yeah i've been to the wembley, arena um, the, they fought, trip, the, the like, arenas the arenas in this film look look i don't know what lenses they've used but they look real size as opposed to movie size sure so I'm, it's I'm kind of a like, strange like Madison Square Gardens, and, and I think I didn't like... express myself properly in a review I wrote where I said it makes him look more isolated, and it, it doesn't actually size would do that. It's quite the opposite. I think what I meant to say was it makes what he's achieving look more underwhelming. Like if you fight in a massive arena or stadium, it, it feels like you're at the center of the world, the center of the universe. Nothing is going on anywhere else. Whereas if you're fighting in something that doesn't look that big, that overwhelming, that amazing, it looks much more run-of-the-mill what you're achieving. And I think that's what I was trying to say. But he is the champ, and he goes back to a hotel room, and it's not like some massive suite. It's a relatively ordinary-looking hotel room as well. So even though he's sort of at the summit of his sport, it it all feels very everyday. The apartment we're going to see them in in a bit's not that amazing. So, yeah. But sorry, he go, he goes to propose to uh, Bianca. You were sort of starting to say you like this scene. Yeah, I just I thought it was very touching, and obviously um, we learned in the in the previous film that Bianca has um, progressive hearing loss. Um, so yeah, he kind of gets down on one knee, practices proposing, and then has this beautiful pause his heart out basically in the speech. And just clearly, to see sort of he's clearly nervous as well. He's yeah, like... he's, yeah. You could, the, the kind of the nerves on him um, is it, palpable, really. Um, At least it's not like his nerves in the first film. 
because he could have run into the toilet and had a shit was sat right next to him. <laughs> so he didn't do that. It could have been worse. Well, that was like, that, no, was that would have been that would that would have that would have been the reveal to shit out wouldn't he? Yeah, before he goes into the fight, um, not not um, not about poop, but I've got a fun fact about that scene coming up later on. Um, yeah, and she kind of signs to him, "Have you been to the bathroom?" And I thought that was quite funny as a. A funny little nod to, to the it's last a film. Back to the first film, yeah. Yeah, that's quite um, funny. yeah and he yeah. just drains a load of like champagne, practices getting down on his knees, and then he had a real David Brent moment because he <laughs> walks out of the bathroom and he immediately kind of like tries to look relaxed, laying back on the bed, and it reminded me of David Brent interviewing in the first series of The Office, where he sprawls himself across the desk, expecting him to say, "You've charmed me," or something <laughs> like that. It was kind of funny. He's kind of awkward. He's a very good physical actor. Mm, definitely a lot of predictability in the film I mean when he is pouring his heart out I'm thinking she can't hear that <laughs> yeah but I, just, I just kind of thought oh crushed but Sweet, it's, it's very nice and he's like oh tell me you didn't hear that and he goes I hear what and I, well, I think you know and he's just like oh you know yeah, and there's that sudden moment where you try and redo it and you know you can't so he starts with um, nothing you don't already know yeah, and then he does you. start talking again and it goes somewhere. But yeah, she slams the door originally. She's just like, <laughs> I, don't, I can't deal with this. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, what? Kind of sweet. Yeah. So they they're, now, they're now engaged. Um, and back at the apartment, she's talking about wanting to go to LA for a music career because she's, mm. she's uh, short on time because of her hearing loss. And yeah, he sees he's a bit tied with uh, Philly because of Rocky, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, I think we do cross cut with you know uh, Victor boxing um, and Buddy Marcel watching and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they turn up in Philly, don't they? Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was a it... bit confused by that because they had pay per view sort of like backdrops behind them, and I thought pay per view what? <laughs> <laughs> They're turning up for a press conference. Yeah, they have. Um, they kind of like do. They, they, they have Bianca's uh, gig, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, now this is where I'm getting old because I've read reviews where they said, "Oh, our music's actually pretty good." It sounds like over auto-tuned bollocks to me. But then I'm a middle-aged man now. Her voice sounds incredibly fucking bland to me. Mm, it has, has like a dreamy quality to it. I think it's just because that's what's popular at the moment. To be fair. Um, a lot of trap lots sort of, of thing I'd get stoned as fuck to. <laughs> it does I mean, sound kind if, of very, yeah. If it makes you feel better, me and Beck can start slagging off reggae. If you're <laughs> Ratty? <laughs> well, I, I probably won't. But... Yeah. You can tell us all about Christmas that during our Christmas commentary like you did last year. Yeah. All sounds the same. Do you know there was one little th- he, he goes in to talk to because you know, Adonis is sort of stood up in the balcony watching her sing. And he goes up to him and just sort of says apologies for the stunt because they've appeared on TV basically saying they mm. want to fight with Adonis. And and he actually made an on-the-nose comment of, like, if he's scared of the same result. In other words, you know, unless he's scared of dying. Yeah. Which is really fucking tasteless. The only thing was he made a point that was fair. He said there's been 77 World Heavyweight Champions home, but how many do they know pointing at the crowd? Four, five. 
you know, it's not enough to have the belt. You need a narrative. You need something that sticks to the ribs. It's almost the exact dialogue. And I thought that was accurate. But when he was saying about the publicity stunt, and he said, do you think the rumble in the jungle just willed itself into existence? And I'm thinking, Muhammad Ali exists in this world then? Apollo <laughs> Creed is Muhammad Ali in this world. He would have been <laughs> champion then. So, yeah, that was just a Maybe as a different stunt. rumble in the jungle. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. In Bizarro World. This was this was when like Apollo appeared in like an early series of I'm a Celebrity or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, I just noticed that. I thought, hang on a minute, Muhammad Ali doesn't exist in this world. But anyway, as a narrative, and an audience wouldn't largely think of it. Yeah. It makes sense because yeah. that was a hard fight to put together. Um, but yeah, the goating kind of works. And at the same time, Rocky goes into his restaurant and Ivan sat in there with his back to him. Um, did you notice Rocky didn't sit at the same table with him? Yeah. He kind of, they kind of sit facing him, but up from the, the table other chair. Yeah, the back. yeah I, I definitely noticed that. But the other thing he said was, he said, lovely photo, nice photos. He said, none of me. Mm. And Rocky says, no, there's no photos of that. Not, there's no photos of us, there's no photos of that fight. Or, or no photos of you. Yeah, there's no photos of that. Yeah. It's it's not something in which Rocky has any pride. Pro- probably the hardest and best, you know, victory of his career. And it's it's tied up in so much pain that it's not a career achievement to him. It was mm. something he felt he had to do. Bit of guilt in there as well, and to a bit of. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to think about that eight month period or whatever yeah. it was from like the death of yeah. Oliver, putting himself through that to fighting in a hostile environment, to the fact, bear in mind, he was diagnosed with brain damage right afterwards. Yeah. That later proved in universe to be a misdiagnosis. But I think that's the reference where he says. He's broke um, part, part of me, think, yeah. I, th- I didn't get that to start with. I thought you yeah. meant like emotionally or something, but I actually think he means no, I carried permanent damage after that. I was allowed to fight against again as a one off, but mm. I, I'm physically was kind of a bit broken by that man. Um, I, as it turns out, Ivan going to the restaurant is almost like an insurance because that has nothing to do with making the fight happen, really. Adonis yeah. makes the fight happen. Mm. Because don't, where... don't, don't we go to have that scene where, he, where he, Adonis talks to Rocky about it? Yeah, just before that, it was the bit where he walks out and points at the picture and says, nice picture, and he's pointing at a picture of Apollo. And yeah. that's where I thought, yeah, he's he's just goading. That's not the cruel robot of the first film. That's just someone going... Oh, bit, a bit calculating. I will push whatever buttons I have to. Mm. And he wouldn't have even thought about it, but out of the corner of his eye, he, he, he sees the guy... He killed. Mm. Nice photo. Um, disappointed at this stage by Victor. Just just the lack of giving him anything to do. Yeah, well, essentially, he is the, essentially Drago's muscle. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, to be fair, I think, they, you know, it's not like they don't do anything with him. I mean, I mean, we'll get later on where he, you know, he's, he's clearly like, Defying, you know, he defying against his family, he kind of like, despite this treatment of uh, Ivan, uh, he, he clearly has affection for for him and respect for him, and he's like, the, the scene later when they have like, you know, at, at, at the table, he's like, 
he's like, fuck him, you know, like, or fuck her, she he left He's standing us. up for his dad, they treated you like this, she left you, they took the your country away from yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Ivan's attitude, he, he's bought into the fiction, because he said, I lost? Yeah. Um, exactly, so it's in like... In other words, I fucking deserved it, I lost? Yeah. Um... Uh... uh probably didn't think he deserved everything that went with it certainly Ludmilla leaving him but yeah I kind of like all that yes it is um he, he goes to see uh he goes to see him on the street and it's like it is a weaker version of you know it's not about how hard you can hit it's about how, uh, sorry it's not about how hard mm. you can hit it's about how hard you can get here it, it's framed the same way it's played similarly um, I love Sly here. Sly is now at a stage, the character is now at a stage in his life. He doesn't want to argue with anyone, doesn't want to hurt anyone, wants to do what he thinks is right, and that's it. And mm -hmm. if you shout abuse at him, he'll just go, okay. Yeah. Uh, it is, I mean, as if you were in Rocky's shoes, you would be feeling it's probably not a good way to tempt fate, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think especially when it when it's as goading as it is, you know, you, yeah. you just feel like you know what, just don't rise to it. Um, yeah. You know what, you don't have anything to prove. They, you yeah. know, let let them mouth off. It's like you know what, I don't fucking answer to you. Yeah, and the, also the argument is the same in the first film, uh, or sorry, the fourth film. When the first film, I, 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 half the time when I'm saying first film here, I mean the first one with Drago and it's yeah. the fourth. Um, on a pure professional level, Ivan shouldn't even be fighting him because he hasn't had a single professional bout. Mm. And we're told at this point he's raw, Victor. Yeah. So he could just so easily say, well, he's not even in your league at the moment. He just happens to have that name. And. And also, it's like the point. Well, he is technically dangerous. I mean, he's got, as Rocky said, he's, he's got nothing to lose. So he could do like some dirty shit, and it wouldn't really affect him. That would really damage you. So, and it's not, you know, he's like, he's take, and uh, Donna has it in his head that he's like, you don't think I could beat him? And it's like, no, not quite that. You're clearly a better fighter, but the fact is, he could do something that could really damage you. You don't know how he's going to turn up. You don't quite yeah. know what he's got. He is really strong. Um, yeah. I don't... And I think a lot of it is, I don't really want to get involved with the with the Dragos anymore. Yeah. I think it's Rocky just saying, do you know, why are we taking our life in that direction? I'm still upset I didn't throw a towel in. You're fighting for all the wrong reasons because you want some kind of, like, revenge. Well, if there was revenge to be had, I had it, I beat him. And you're you're fighting for like somebody. It's just not relevant. It's he says that that that's got nothing to do with you. Mm. And on the one hand, you go, well, of course it does. But what he means is, is you and Victor are not Apollo and Ivan. Yeah. You you just you just carry the names. Um, and he's kind of right. In some respects, if if Rocky was pu think purely thinking in professional terms. He'd be more likely to say fight him now, because actually he's still a bit raw. He's actually only going to get better. Let's let's just fucking knock him off while he's like inexperienced. Yeah. But I think for all the emotions of that first film and Rocky Four, which is not a film I normally associate with emotion, it's like well, 
yeah, it, it's taken all the foibles of four and made like pluses of them. That film was vapid. It fucking well was, but they've taken all the stuff from it and and imbued it with so much heart. Yeah. It's like, well, you just look at, like, what actually happened, and you think, well, okay, well, what if that meant something? <laughs> you just go... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, forget forget yeah. the fact it was all done really ham-fistedly. Yeah. The fact is... Let's just pretend it was actually... Killed. Yeah, let's just pretend, yeah. like, what that would actually mean in a good film, and then, like, and then put that yeah. in <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. You imagine him saying that. <laughs> well, what happened in the 80s was actually, like, kind of meaningless, but imagine it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, what he said was really dumb, but imagine what he said was actually really intelligent, and it's been fun. I did the Cold War, you fucking <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful twat. Anyway. Yeah, just so youngsters like you can have the freedom. <laughs> okay, so they moved to LA. Yeah, um... it's all so shiny and new. And uh, don't we sort of meet uh, back with his mum? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, Felicia Rashad from the uh, award-winning The Cosby Show. <laughs> what happened to Bill? I wonder. Bill? <laughs> uh, I think he's taken a little bit of time out. I think he's having a bit of a holiday. Oh, okay. Yeah. In a stripy outfit. <laughs> I, well, clearly a jumper then, surely. Um... Yeah, he's wearing one of his jumpers and having a break. <laughs> yes, that's happened since we... Uh, last With a, no Paris. With a nice was... coffee. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, not dear, quite dear. the same access to quaaludes, Dan. <laughs> There's quite uh, a lot has happened in our absence, you know. Uh, well, the, we're not talking about the last few. We recorded on this like spring of last year, so yeah. um, all of that was was still sort of it hadn't even gone to trial at that point, and of course there was a mistrial. So um, yeah, it's been through quite a bit by now. But yeah, Felicia Rashad from the Cosby Show, the lead of which is now in prison. Um, with an indeterminate sentence, so who knows when he'll ever get out. Uh, I've always liked Mary. I've, I say I've always liked. Since Creed, since the last film, I like this actress, I like this character. Yeah. She, she uh, was not the original cool. series, but she wasn't meant to be. She was just there to be at ringside and that sort of thing. Yeah, but she's good, like, motherly mentor to Adonis, and it. I do like the scene, uh, you know, I like the complete misdirect where Adonis is gonna like. I've, I've... He's building up to tell it and building up yeah. and building up, and she goes, "I know already." And you think, "Yeah, of course she knows already. She was married to a fighter. Of yeah. course she knows." She, she's seen the news. She's seen like the. Uh, here we go. This is going to be such an uncomfortable scene for him. How far along are you? What? <laughs> it's the fact that she knew before Bianca even did. It's like. I know, she spits the wine back into the glass and on first viewing I thought, oh, Bianca knows and as I said, no, Bianca didn't know. She was like, shit, what, what if I am? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just lots of like, it's quite a lot of heart in the scene that follows. You know, they're in the bathroom and he goes to pick up the stick and it's like, I don't care if you peed on it. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, there were scenes like that. Not literally like that, but, you know, Rocky and Adrian had scenes where they'd just be together and to be talking kind of shit, really, but... It was just, it's just character for the world, really. Uh, so she's pregnant. And then he goes out to talk to his mother while she's on the phone to her family. And that's when she tells, she's told that he's fighting Victor Drago. Mm. And I think this is a better written scene. I, I 
Sly apparently um, tended to concentrate on his own character in terms of what he was writing. Apparently, he said, "Look, I'm not I'm not going to be very good at writing like very young people's dialogue, particularly as they're not of my race and all the rest of it." Um, I don't imagine this scene was written by Sly. It's not quite melodramatic enough, and it doesn't. And and Sly's stuff always has a sort of air of slight predictability and cliche. And actually, neither of the people here say what I think I thought they were going to say. Yeah. I th- I, had Sly written it, I think it would have been a lot more like Adrian, just saying, you don't need this, it's no good for you, look what I went through with your father, and he would be kind of a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And it's not actually that. She kind of goes, well, you're a grown man, but don't don't say you're doing this for me or in my name or for your father. Mm. I think the film kind of like it plays with like the old, all the cliches that we've seen before, but just slightly just like gives you little twists, like exact like like with the fights, like with the the, the story, they're all handled. It's all the same sort of stages and what what we come to expect, but all just done slightly differently. Or there's a slight little twist to them, which you think, oh, she, you've not seen that before. When you get a little bit older and you've seen all the Rocky films, I think I left with stronger arse muscles from basically yeah. clenching several times where I'd go <laughs> where I'd continue to go oh fuck here it comes the cliche yeah. oh, no. oh no they haven't that's alright <laughs> yeah or you hear it go ah that, that, that landed that landed not too bad actually that's okay yeah so um Rocky won't train him and yeah. that's half the reason they moved to LA in the first place she's now pregnant and he goes to get um Tony son of Tony Tony, son of Tony. Tony, son of Tony. Not yeah. well, Tony. That's, that's how the legacy. Wood Harris, best known as um, Avon Barksdale from The Wire. Yeah, legendary. So, this one actually, was a good cast. He trained. Um, he trained sort of uh, Danny Stuntman Wheeler, Wheeler yeah. in the first fight to to his defeat against mm. him. Basically, yeah, he wouldn't train him first time round, so it was like going going back to it talks him into training him. Yeah skip over that because there's a lot of chat around that but the gist is he trains for it he doesn't notably train badly it's not like rocky 3 where he's like kissing models and like posing for photos Mm. again we've avoided some cliches there it's not like i've fallen out with rocky i'm not gonna work he works it's all about his mindset not his body yeah Yeah. he's going in a lot more kind of a bit more angrier a lot more kind of just well, what would you say? Would you say he's just a lot more just frustrated the fact that Rocky's not there? I think it's a slight weakness, actually. I think he's definitely... It's a slight weakness in the film in that you could read it as he's so dialed into Rocky as a trainer now that he literally just doesn't cope too well without that calming voice. And Sly really does have a calming voice in this more than any other film I've seen him in. Um... I think but, also the fact that he hasn't got really support off anyone. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's yes, Bianca's there. It's not but overly it's, clear. Yeah. But, normally, when Rocky lost, he didn't train properly. Or he didn't train long enough for the first fight. He didn't have that long. Hmm. Um, I think here, he trains perfectly fine. He is at his peak. He is going in with a raw fighter. Um, it's explained afterwards that it's all about style. But even that is a bit confusing as a boxing fan because all the way through that fight, you've got Rocky, and we'll talk about that in a minute because I like Sly in that scene. But Rocky's talking about 
um, how he's actually talking at the screen and saying he's 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 calling you in. He's he's dummying you. Mm. I can't think of the words he uses, but he's basically saying you're getting too close to him. You're you're being dummied in, and yet all the training for the rematch is actually about fighting inside and not giving room. Um, so all of that isn't overly clear. But the night of the fight. Rocky's watching it on the screen, and I just love the fact Rocky can't relax. But again, in Rocky Five, when done badly, it's almost like there's a psychic link between pupil and trainer, and he's throwing all the same fight punches that Tommy is. He wants Tommy to throw. Well, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of right now. Go to the body and all the rest of it. But he's not doing that. He's actually he's unsettled. He doesn't want this fight to happen. He's got the screen on, but he can't stand still. He's barely able to look at it. He can see what's coming. And at the point where he's hurt, he's just, he just, don't let him go back out. Don't let him go back out. Throw in the mm-hmm. towel. Um, and it doesn't end in death. I mean, it's not, again, it's not this supernatural thing from Rocky Five where he knows exactly what punches are going to be thrown and exactly what's going to happen. Rocky's fearing a death. But that death doesn't happen. It's just an ordinary man watching a fight and just going, I don't like this. It's yeah. horrible, and it's really uncomfortable. And of course, he has his ribs smashed, and the pain he shows is extraordinary because he virtually screams. Yeah, it, you do feel it. I mean, like you just you, you go to the ribs, you go, oh yeah, yeah, that was smart. What did you think, Becca, of the of his defeat? Well, it's not a defeat, is it? He's hit while he's on the floor, so it's a disqualification. But he's yeah. knocked out. He's knocked out by that punch, so he's out cold. The guy is badly hurt. I just want just before you answer that. There's there's one bit I did forget to mention. I think the the fight is so intelligently designed that I thought I saw the fight. I thought I saw the bit where his kidney was torn because he gets hit at one point. And I thought, fuck me, that's a kidney punch, and that looked brutal. Mm. And then we later find he's got like a, a kidney um, tear. I must say the fight is. I sort of had to kind of look through my hands. I was like. Oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's, it's it's really well done. The fights are really well choreographed. Uh, this is zipping zipping ahead to to the end fight. I was like, this is probably one of the best choreographed fights in in the Rocky series in the Creed series. Um. But no, I was just literally wincing all the way through. I was just like, oh, oh, oh you know, hearing every crunch and. We like, do the Roger. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I thought it was, it was really well what should What should Adonis do? Move! Move! <laughs> move! 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 Oh. <laughs> so much carried in the call, wind. Call him, call him back to, like, Moonraker and et al. Then, yes. <laughs> move! <laughs> no, I, I did feel it was, it was very visceral, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, even though it kind of ends in disqualification, I think you could... Obviously, Adonis um, feels it more. Even though it's kind of a, it's a real crush for his opponent there. But, yeah, no, I, just, I was just kind of spent... A lot of this particular section of the film, watching it through my fingers, which is silly, from, like, really. Because like, if you actually are looking through your fingers, you can still see it. So <laughs> yeah, just kind of like oh, you know, the kind of way you want to watch, but you can't, but you still have to peek it. over the, you know, yeah. you know, it's just like, like sort but of. He's but he's badly no, hurt, and again, really well done, and even I in really Rocky too, you know, the eye and he's in hospital, but this man just feels a bit smashed. You think is he oh, actually yeah. even going to physically recover? Yeah, I was, I was sort of worrying for his health at this point. I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's because I'm watching it as an older person now that I'm like, I, I, I'm i much more aware of it being, not this because it's a film, but real. 
you know, you almost forget that. You see guys knocking the shit out of each other and you just treat it like sport, which it is. But the the injuries they give to each other are often very, very real, of course. It's like, mm, it's like cracked ribs. It's like, yeah, I, I'm not sure you could honestly... I mean, that can puncture a lung. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, like, he, I mean, uh, you'd recover, but I'm not sure you'd be quite to fighting standard. Like, I mean, it happens in this film. It's like, we'll just punch him again. You'll just end up with... A, you know, a weaker rib really. It's 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 it, it's all of a sudden you got a weak spot that could actually be really damaged, as you say, like like put your lung. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is really tough, and of of course, um, he's just not the same. He goes into hospital mm. afterwards, and it it's just Rocky must fly out immediately. I thought, how did he get there so quick? Then I realised the fight took place. We didn't get any establishing shots before the fight. The fight must have taken place at Madison Square Garden because when he gets out of hospital, um, the fight is clearly taking place in New York, which obviously isn't that far from Philadelphia. Mm. So he can get there kind of quickly. So that wasn't so bad, yeah. thankfully. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't sure what time it, it was, like what time the restaurant was open because it seems to be closing. He was like making pizzas for some reason. <laughs> But... Yeah, that, that didn't make sense because it would have been a Saturday night as well. But yeah, anyway, uh, it's not a major problem. No. But yeah, it was just um, I, uh, this stuff was was kind of tough. And when he gets there, and he's just uncomfortable. He doesn't know if he's he, he doesn't even quite walk through the into the bay. Hmm. It's almost like s- staying in the doorway. Hmm. It, I I like all that, and Donnie's like mistaken, you know, misplaced fury as usual. You know, often with Donnie in these films, I just think, you know, kind of like you need to grow up a little bit. Mm. But he has just been badly, badly beaten. To be fair, yeah, he's 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 almost like sort of thinking that, oh, you, you came here, came here, yeah, you, you came here to tell me I told you so, or this kind of. He came to take a not, look. Rocky's not up, Rocky's not up for any of that. That's not what he's there yeah. for at all. It's it's just absolute concern. And of course, one thing we haven't covered so far is Rocky's not in touch with his son. One of the very on the nose things from the start of the film I didn't like is Rocky opened the fridge, closed it, and then had a moment staring at pictures of his son. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit on the nose, but of course, Adonis is, to all intents and purposes, his surrogate son, and he uh, it feels like he owes him a debt. No one's ever quite sure whether Rocky, you know, Adonis should even be fighting with the the sort of background he comes from. He certainly doesn't have to. And I think there's an element of Rocky thinks, well, if anything happens to him, I've I've sort of effectively sponsored him through a really dangerous career that he shouldn't even really be doing. So all of that's very good, I think. And of course, Wood Harris. Um, Tony is constant is straight on to the WBC of have said you know the disqualification stands which is irrelevant mm. absolutely irrelevant at this stage it doesn't actually matter right now and that's where Rocky is a, a three-dimensional person and a man first you know that like the, the forget that for a minute we're dealing with someone who's badly badly hurt yeah and I, I like that that's a proper three-dimensional character yeah, I mean, I, I do like the fact that he did keep the title as well, um, just because it's just it's, it's just a different aspect. I think it's, it's right for that thing. It's something. It's, it's but right now. You've now you've got a title that's meaningless to you. Yeah, it it, it kind of made a lot more sense from for that character to kind of like now you have 
now you have to go and defend. It's not like you can just bow out. You, but it's also you, that you element have to prove yourself you, you, to everyone now. You've got that pressure to, to actually... But it's also that element of you always wondered what would be enough for Adonis. Because you mm. always felt, well, like, if he'd won that title in the first fight against Ricky Conlon, you go, well, he's champion now, but it's light heavyweight, and his father was a heavyweight, which is more prestigious. Um, and it's all right being a champ, but your dad was like the greatest of champs. It's a bit mm. like if like Mick Schumacher comes into Formula One and wins a world title. Well, that's still not going to man- match up to his father's seven, you know. And I think it then ask the question, what's enough for you? What is it you actually want? I think Creed handled the themes of why we fight or why they fight better. But there's still that element of like, what is it he actually wants out of any of this? Yeah, it's like long term, isn't it? So that was really great. And, of course, we see him starting to... Um, I posted it on Facebook tonight, not on our page, in response to somebody else. Someone put a gif up of uh, Michael B. Jordan training underwater mm. as Adonis in the pool. That comes direct from a, a Muhammad Ali um, shoot. Yeah, I thought there was a, there's a callback to that. Cause well, if, an iconic, if, like, if you look on, our, image. look on our Messenger chat thread right now, I've posted it to you. I posted it a few minutes ago, actually. Uh, 1963 did a photo shoot for life. Well, they were trying to get him some publicity to push for a title shot. And Muhammad Ali just kept, well, he was still casting his clay then, off the top of his head said, tell them I train underwater. So, of course, they were immediately like, oh, yeah, we need to see that. That would be great photos. So they, they turned up and filmed him underwater doing these, the, you know, this sort of sparring and stuff. Muhammad Ali couldn't even swim. It was complete nonsense. It was a publicity shot, but there are some iconic photos of him training underwater, and they've copied the shots almost exactly for this. And as I say, you can see it on our messenger thread now. So, yeah, that's really cool. But he's very reluctant to go back into the gym. Of course, we we, we could see months passing as well, because Bianca's pregnant. Yeah. Judging by... The rough passage of time, assuming you learn you're pregnant somewhere between a month and two months in, you normally train for about three months for a fight. So she probably would be about five months pregnant when he took that fight. Mm. So at the point where she gave birth, you're probably about three to four months after the fight. Yeah, I'm and gonna... at the point where he takes the rematch, I suspect it's about nine months after the first fight, roughly, because the baby looks like he's it's four or five months old. Yeah, I mean it would make sense to kind of like agree to fight when once the baby's born, kind of kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? Um, then there is talk of him like kind of be radio silent and uh, and uh, Victor winning a few more matches, basically gaining like. I'm glad more... that happened. I'm glad. I'm glad that happened because. Uh, there is a stage of of your career in any sport where you are getting better with each experience. Yeah. Um, so Victor can't but be better and less raw second time round, and he's more deserving. He's actually the number one contender by the time they refight. So it isn't like you know the equivalent of Rocky Four where it's an exhibition or I want to fight him. It's now at the point where it doesn't and they they also don't go to the cliche of you've got no choice you have to fight him. He might be number one contender, but he's not a mandatory yet. Uh, Tony says to him, you don't have to fight him, you just have to fight somebody to keep the belt. Not quite how it works, but that's fine. Mm. And I like that. That that actually works quite nicely. It it gives him the element of choice. It gives Victor 
the degree of authenticity that he deserves it, not just based on the first fight, but even if that fight hadn't taken place, he's now the, about the best person out there in terms of a challenger. Um, all of this works really, really well for me. Um, of course, she has the baby. I think the best bit of the film in terms of a performance is the whole hearing testing. Oh, that's, that's another one that's so sad. just crushed me. I was like, oh. I, I was worried the, about this. Three uh, times was, that I cried well, during the film. When it was going that way, I worried because I thought, here we go, Rocky II melodrama again. This is this, is this film's Adrian slipping into a coma. I thought this, but the, the one thing I want to ask is just in case I might miss something, did this actually go anywhere? Because they kind of like, if you show community concern and they say he has a test and, and, he's, and he didn't find any signs that the ba- that the, she could hear the baby. But they said, it's, it's, oh, but it's still early days, so we don't know. We, that's it. We don't really know anything beyond no, that. It, it, yeah, no, um, they, they never. She's clearly got something because at the very end of the film, when they're at the graveside, the baby's got hearing aids in. Mm. Oh, OK. So she is at least impaired. What? It's this looking, it's accepting the world as it is. You know, he's there. Rocky's saying, well, what if it isn't all right? And he's going, I can't think like that. Like, you could think you positively to get out of it. Well, you can't. The baby is what the baby is in terms of any impairment. Mm. Um, and you can live a full life as a deaf person. It's not what you would ever want, but it, it, it isn't the end of the world. But I've, I'm referring purely to his face when he's behind the screen with the technician. And the dawning, she's trying to read his face for what the result is. Mm. And he is clearly looking and confused. And again, I keep saying it about his performance, pain and confusion. Mm. Again, I, I love that bit of his performance. And it was just so much better than any of the melodrama in Rocky Two, where, you know, the sitting in the chapel and the reading of poetry and all the rest of it. I like Rocky Two a lot, but this is all this is all slightly more mature film filmmaking on the similar sorts of beats, I think. Yeah. It's really well done. You see tears down Bianca's face, and it's just yeah, you, you kind of get why you're upset. She feels but... to blame as well because it, it will be her genetics that yeah. have caused it. You're not but, to blame for your genetics, of course, but that's the way she looks. But you know, it's like it's like Rocky said. It's like you know, it's not going to change anything. You're still going to love her, and she's going to grow up not feeling sorry for herself. So neither should you. You know, it's like but again, it's that slightly. It, that you can see the slight improving of the trust between the two of them because he does bristle at that and that's the creed we met in the first film mm. where he's like how, how can you even ask me that but he very quickly realises Rocky never really means any harm you know the, the Adonis of the first film might have even like thrown a punch at him mm. so uh, there's a little bit of growth there I think it's around this time we see the uh, the Russian dinner yeah yeah that's it I was a bit shocked I did not know of this cameo no, I was really surprised. I was like, what? And her one line. One line. <laughs> she's, she's had a tough paper round, hasn't she? <laughs> she doesn't look any different, though. I, she I, fucking I swear, this does. Woman, no, I, I don't know. What, in terms of, really? In terms of, like, her hair, and obviously... Same way, but she... Yes, yeah, in terms of her style and, and how, you know, how stylish she is, she just looks... I feel it was, you know, really glamorous, but it's just like bloody hell, you know. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Well, gl- glamorous is one way of saying it. Um. <laughs> well, it's not what I <laughs> she's, got that, she's got that hair, lovely jewels, glamorous dress. So she, I was like, I, I hate saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. She looks skanky as fuck. Oh, <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, it's a little bit kind of 
Mm. <laughs> Flavor Flavorwood, though. Flavor Flavorwood. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some of it is aging, and I wouldn't be too harsh on that element of it. But it is the fact that she's had so much work and she's so over-stylized as well. She's lost any element of the sort of, of, of natural look to she her. She looks very airbrushed, doesn't she? I think she looks awful. I think she looks awful, frankly. I and mean, I can't talk, but, you know, she does look very airbrushed. Yeah, Hello. So. Um, um, I, will... I was like, I can't do that thing where, like, you, you kind of push it, your face but... back and be like, Hello, I am very airbrushed. By the way, for the record, listen, listeners, we are talking about Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> It may be worth it for the final fight. I'm not sure. It may be worth it to have her there for the final fight and what that tells us. Mm. But on the basis of this scene, I wish she wasn't in it. I find it really fucking distracting, actually. I don't mind it because it's not like she was like she's been given lines. That she has like one line or something or or word. She says hello to him, doesn't she? Yeah, she hello. That's her only line. She's, the other thing is she's dating like the Russian fucking ambassador or yeah. something as well. She's just another kick in the face. You know, you kicked me out of the country and your representative, if you like, took my wife. Um, this is uncomfortable for Victor. It's the one time I've really felt anything for Victor till the very, very end of the fight. Yeah. Where, where it was suddenly like, how, how awful is that? He's, he's being honoured and right in the middle of it with no warning. His mother who abandoned him just turns up, sits down and goes, hello. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, awkward, isn't it? I mean, he, and his dad is sat there in a. This is where he's wearing a suit that looks a bit shit, and it's not the tie's not quite done up properly. It sort of is, like he's tried to, but it doesn't quite look right. And I think he, he's feeling embarrassed for his dad. He's feeling uncomfortable for himself. This is not very pleasant. No, I mean, like throughout the the film, like during the match, during the training and the matches, like you know. Ivan's used like the mother's like kind of like she uh, she left us kind of thing to to give that anger to him to to keep on going. So he's he's grown up with that now. So now she turns up, he's like, "Fuck you! I, I don't give a shit. You left us. You know, it's just me and my dad. Why 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 the why the fuck should I do anything for you? you know, almost that that kind of attitude." And he said, and he said like. I um, Ivan's kind of still stuck in that. He still like feels like he owes his country something. He wants that kind of glory back now. You know, he's trying to get his son to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I I found this a really uncomfortable scene, but it ends with um, it's meant to be uncomfortable. So yeah. that, you know, it's doing what it's required. But again, it's all motivation. It's all I lost. You can that, you really feel Ivan's pain there. That like yeah. you know. He lost everything off losing that fight. Well, if she if she abandoned him because he lost, then she'd have abandoned him over something else if he'd won, you know, at some point. Um, he's taken to heart and to, to blame uh, all of the, for something that, like, isn't blameworthy. He lost a fight. That happens. It's a sport. But, of course, it was an era where, you know, you juiced up and, and winning was the only thing that mattered. Um, at the same time, Marianne writes to Rocky, who's trying to get a light fixed in the street. They're talking about plot points that go nowhere. <laughs> He's on the phone to like the city, you know, the council or something, to mm. try and get a light fixed. But anyway, um, he, he gets, goes out by train. Not quite sure why, but he does. And just talks to him, and, and they're stood in the trophy room, aren't they? Um, and... You know, he just said he finally admits he was intimidated by all of that 
his father's trophies, his father's legacy, his father's record. Earlier in the fight, he'd had a look at his WBC belt, and there's a picture of uh, Apollo on there. There's only room yeah. for about three or four champions in history, and Apollo's one of them. And in the real-life version of the belt, that's exactly where Muhammad Ali is. So who is on the real-life version? Muhammad Ali? Um, I don't know about the current belt. I know that the belt's changed when Lennox Lewis was champion. There used to be this kind of like chain that used to go either side of the like central bit. And then they replaced it when he like regained a version because each one get each champion gets their own. They don't take the previous person's belt particularly. And they started putting pictures on it. And one side there was Muhammad Ali, clearly from the sixties, and on the other side was Joe Lewis. And I think there were pictures going out from that. Not quite sure if that's changed, but it was certainly to the left of the central bit was Muhammad Ali, and that's exactly where Apollo is on this belt, mm. which is appropriate. Um. Yeah, he kind of agrees to train him now, doesn't he? Yeah. And he does something differently. Go in the desert. We've not been here. That's the way you train for a fight in Moscow. <laughs> well, I kind of thought when, when he went out to the desert, I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to go to that tiny little shack in Moscow again. I thought, oh, no. Here we go again. He's going to grow a beard and you know, jog a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just visually for something different I quite like this and I think it also lends itself to the fact that Jordan has got such low body fat and is in such great shape that of course he gets to run along in the heat without a shirt on gl glistening with sweat and stuff visually this is quite um, in different and kind of welcome yeah it's also like kind of, it's almost a little bit like let's go back to your roots like do, go go somewhere where, where you've not been that 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 teaches you like a bit more orthodox manner that you're not used to, to to bring to bring to this fight, which is what you need. Like you wouldn't want, he shouldn't really be training at Tony's gym. Yeah. After the first fight, there's memories. There's point is going back to Philadelphia, particularly. He doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, you can kind of see why they went for this. And it's also like sort of different of like boxing, like with a four foot and a tie, you know, to stay in. Um, yeah, all to do with the whole game plan is going to be about fighting inside. It's the one thing that Rocky Three does better. Rocky Three uh, theorizes exactly what Rocky needs to do: set an incredibly fast pace, try and like wear out a, a guy with no stamina. There's a bit of that here because he hadn't been beyond four rounds or something like that. Um, and then, of course, once they get into the ring in Rocky Three, he goes a bit rope-a-dope with him. Because he just, you know, gets tagged and actually changes his mind on what he's going to do. Here, I don't quite understand the game plan because in the first fight, every time he got close to him, Rocky was like you're being suckered in. And then the game plan for the second fight is all about getting close to him. The one thing they do sell very well is that it's all about giving him angles, mm. um, and he does noticeably do that in the fight. He confuses him with angles. Yeah, he. he... He ducks a lot. He dodges like a lot more. So it's more about wearing him out and then hitting him. You know. Like, but again, we go into the we, we we go to the fight, and of course, Drago was very intimidated in the first fight by that. Mm. He walked in. I think he couldn't believe what was there laid on for him. Victor isn't quite that bad, thankfully. But it's a normal sports arena. They're a partisan crowd. They want their man to win. Mm. But it's not. It's not some supervillain lair. 
you know, it, it's all a bit more it's not, it's not just a, like a, a mass audience of Russian generals who are like... It's not. <laughs> it's not Russia as imagined by like a, ver- a, a slightly right-wing American who thinks communism's the most evil thing in history and writes it almost as a propaganda piece. They're going to a hostile environment. They're open about it might be difficult to get a decision there. Well, that's not cartoonish. That's quite true. There are places in the world it's very difficult to get a decision. Italy springs to mind. Really fucking difficult to fight an Italian fighter in their back, you know, backyard and stuff. So, yeah, that, all of that makes sense. And it feels like a real event. And it feels like somewhere that openly you can go, because you can. You need a visa, but you can go to Moscow. You'd be able to go there. And I imagine they have places, you know, they have football stadia and they have, like, arenas and stuff, and they wouldn't be unlike ours. Of course they wouldn't. Be broadly similar, isn't it? Yeah. I don't particularly like her music, but I like the little wrinkle of sort of Bianca singing her man to the ring. I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I did like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I think... Um, I must listen to more music of that genre to get into it. But I think she's got a, a good voice. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I like the kind of the, the dreamlike quality of it. I think that's kind of what speaks to me the most. Um, uh, no, I think I'll, really I'll, cool I'll just say, just... I'll just say it's not for me, but I can appreciate for people who do. It's like <laughs> oh, I, I'll never go music today because I just think that's bollocks. I think every generation's got their great stuff. You just lose the ability to appreciate it, and you get stuck in your ways. And you do it with music more than you do almost anything else because. Sure. Music speaks most to you when you're in your teens. It just does. But, like, um, it's not really for me either. But it's not, like, a fucking coffling whale. It's fine. It's all very <laughs> just be glad it wasn't, like, K-pop or something. It's a little bit bland, and it all sounds a little bit auto-tuned. That's all. It probably isn't, but it's got that kind of feel to it. Um, but I think that's... I, I, I think I agree. what I like I agree about it is, how many films did we have of... I don't want you to fight from Adrian, who was sappy as fuck as a character. You know, she accepts that, like, she's got a profession, he's got his. And they yeah, say, she's trying to strike out on her own. And... Well, she, she moved to, uh, he moved to L.A. for her. Mm. It, it coincided with falling out with Rocky, so it was an easier decision. Mm. But he moved for her, and now she's supporting him. Exactly. And she's nervous, she doesn't particularly like it, I'm sure, but, like, you don't marry a boxer and then say, why are you boxing? <laughs> you just married a fucking boxer. What do you expect? You know what I mean? So yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. But it's like he's got he's got her, he's got um, Rocky this time at ringside. It's like they're all fully together for him. So he's like, he's got their full I want support to put, now. I, I want to put a chair beside my bed so Sylvester Stallone can sit down in character as Rocky, and just like talk me to sleep every night, because I'm finding this man I, very. I, very I, I think he might charge quite a bit for that. Uh... Why? <laughs> it would be a fucking honour. <laughs> oh, I find yeah. it. He's, I, I just love it. He's captured what? Not not everybody, because no two people are alike. But whipping people up doesn't tend to work in a tactical sport. In a tactical sport, I mean, you might do a little bit of that in the dressing room beforehand while they're trying to break a sweat and all the rest of it. But listen to corners between rounds. The only time they shout is if you have a really fucking bad round or you're getting lazy or something like that. But it's all tactical. It's never super in-depth because you've only got a minute and you don't want to confuse them. But I, I, I remember when 
Lewis and Tyson fought. And it went to the corner where Lewis, like, kept, like, pushing down on Tyson and then throwing big right hands and then missing him over the top because he'd effectively drilled Tyson into, like, a downward position. And that's the only... You're trying to get across one or two key points quite quickly. And so the key point in the corner was, no, you've got to sort of... You've got to sort of... You, if you keep, you keep throwing your hand over the top, you need to get under him. Yeah? And that's the sort of thing you hear, and it's normally best delivered calmly. And so that's why I never really connected with, this is your whole life here! It's like, Go knock him out! <laughs> it's fucking bollocks! I mean, it was a bad film anyway, but, but I mean, it's just, what do you expect to get out of a fighter who's like, adrenaline's up between a round? If you, what, what good is that as advice between mm. rounds? This is your whole life here. You know what I mean? So I like this. I, uh, it's not as good as the first fight for it. Uh, sorry, as the first film for it. But they do sort of get better at that through the film. They move slightly away from platitudes and more to what they should actually be doing. So the fight plays quite well. There's nothing to match that one take, but the fight plays quite well. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 done in like a very slick, entertaining way. One thing I, I would notice is like the the stadium itself do look almost like a little unfinished, like a little bit too drawn on. So it don't feel like it's it's a real it's a real environment, if you know what I mean. Unlike, unlike the the previous Creed. Uh yeah, Creed felt like we we dropped in on a fight at, that happened to be going on at Goodison Park. Yeah, whereas where, um, whereas here it just feels like they might as well be like fighting in a ring behind yeah green screen yeah. But um yeah. you know whatever it's you know it's that's not like. But it's all really visceral. Yeah. I used to what I've I've watched the last several fights in this series. And I've seen all sorts of damage and knockdowns, and and the narrative's often been really good in terms of telling us what's going on and the fight seesawing between the two, or key key points in the fight where if it was a plot, the plot now swings towards this. This is the first fight where, or this is the first film since probably the second one, where I've kind of like almost winced a couple of times, where I've almost gone, oh fucking hell, yeah. The punches feel like sledgehammers, don't they? And again, we're slightly we're, we're avoiding cliche. We're we're skirting cliche and avoiding it because in the first in the first film, I keep saying that, but in Rocky yeah. Four, he'd go out, hammer the shit out of Rocky for three minutes, do everything to a world class standard, go back to his corner, and with Russian subtitles, you'd see the words "You're not doing as you're told." <laughs> and again, it's it's to paint them as villains, like they're never fucking happy. You're fighting on Christmas Day and you're bullying the man, you know. Um, there's a little bit of that here, because there's a little bit of like he's scared, yeah. Why is he still standing there? Yeah. But. Well, that was in the first fight, wasn't it? But it's practical advice mm. again. It's pre- yeah, I think that was actually. But it's practical advice when he says break him later on. Had he just said break him. I'd have gone off oh, for fuck's sake, but he puts his hand down to just around the rib cage, so it's clear what he's trying to say. Yeah. Okay. I think you've got to go to his body and break his ribs because that actually was the beginning of the end of the last fight. That was what finished him last time. He broke his ribs, and then when you went after him, he couldn't stand up he, to it. He, he he's weak there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, so the first round, it's um, Adonis comes out swinging and has a really good first first time round. It's like uh, Noel really was expecting that. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad it didn't go like two rounds again, like the fucking first uh, Rocky three. You know, I'm glad there, there was a different... Now, they're two different fights. The first fight yeah. goes something like three rounds, whereas in Rocky Three, I think it was two, the first fight. And the second fight here, I think, goes to ten. Um, and I like that. They've just found, again, they've, they've written a narrative for that fight rather than going, what did we do last time? Yeah. Um, Ludmilla's at, st- at, at ringside, just behind Ivan, with her fella throwing him looks he looks uncomfortable as hell hmm. and he just wants I he just wants his son to do well he just doesn't want his son to go through the ignominy he went through that's all it is hmm. it's manifested itself in a kind of bullying didn't mean to be that way and I love that all those wrinkles are there from a character that had none of it the first time round yeah it, it, in a way has this film made added texture to Rocky Four for you I think I'll watch <laughs> it with a I think I'll watch it and then read a bit of John Paul Sartre. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep, keep, keep feeding that mind. <laughs> so um, yeah, so he, he has. A, he has it, would you say the first round's kind of even, or would you say it's more Donny? He hurts him. He hurts Donny right at the end of the round. Um, so yeah, but I, I, you can, of course, it's not an unbroken take from a TV angle. I suspect you would. I suspect you'd give the first round to Donny, but there were worrying signs right at the end. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I recall. And then the next few rounds are, are very much more Victor, mm. and he puts Donny down a few times. Um, I can't um, remember what starts swinging it. To be honest with you, can you? Uh, he does go for the ribs, and he has like a kind of uh... breaks his ribs. Yes, um, and he and he does the thing when he hits the canvas and he punches it to get it, it almost like in fits of anger and he gets up. That's and just, to get adre- that's to get adrenaline flowing. Yeah. That, that's a good painkiller in itself. So and and I think Rocky even says at uh, ringside sort of said like you know what you fight through the pain you agreed. You love that, yeah. I love the way he said to him, "Do you want me to call it?" And I just love the way he said, "I don't think so." Yeah, but again, no grandstanding in it. Yeah. I don't think so. It's like, no, you. I think you're going to be all right. Bit of trust as well. Rocky needed him to let go. You can't control every situation. Mm. He could, he could, he couldn't control Apollo dying. Really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of little themes and character beats in this, but the story is fairly perfunctory. But everything is just handled so well. And uh, yeah, of course, uh, Creed comes back, and he, yeah. He, you don't sort of. He doesn't actually. Again, this the way this match ends. You expect it's going to be uh, a knockout. Yeah, you can think like, okay, Drago's going to like knock him down, like maybe one or two times. He's Plays get like up. a real fight because all the all the knockouts. I complained about this in Rocky Three. Well, it wasn't really yeah. a complaint. It was just a, an understanding of movie world that all fights are knockouts. And obviously, they're not because Rocky one wasn't but mm. and obviously creed wasn't but you know a, a, a fighter ra- rising to the top wins every fight by knockout that doesn't happen even yeah. if you might tyson there's normally one or two you didn't win by knockout even if only that um but it, uh, knockouts are always clean they're quite kind of picturesque and they go to a 10 count well 
nine out of ten fights you watch a referee stop fight. You know what I mean? You put the guy down a couple of times and then he's a bit defenseless off the ropes and the referee goes, right, I've seen enough. Yeah. And this plays a bit more like this. He puts him down. The guy gets up. But he doesn't get up on nine and he's struggling. He gets up on about five or six. Yeah. He doesn't look good, but he looks like you do after the first knockout or knockdown. The second knockdown, I think he barely gets up. And again, that's quite a realistic. And then it is kind of like... Will the referee stop it first, or will or will the towel come in? Yeah, which amounts to the same thing, and that's much more how a real fight goes. And uh, yeah, it's again, it, it, again, it's just a different thing. And plus, also, you have the fact that Drago throws in the towel. It's almost like you, you've had a character transcend something. You've had be on a journey. Uh, actually means something. Uh, he wouldn't have done. He wouldn't have done it. That's why I'm saying I, I'm kind of uncomfortable with her in the film in one respect. Mm. But he wouldn't have done that if Lyd Miller hadn't been there and walked out. Yeah. And the subtext of all of that is, she's her own person. It's not actually anything we nothing we would do would ever be good enough. Mm. You know. And if that's if that's how she looks at her only son, it's one thing to leave a man in your life or you know a partner, because people fall in and out of love. But if you can do that to your son. Yeah. Well, what am I doing? I'm I'm pushing him all this distance to try and like, um, you know, regain all of our sort of glory, uh, glory and respect, if you like, the respect for us. Mm. And actually, what's it worth? My son's in agony. He's fighting through pain. He can barely get up. He's refusing to give up. He's shown more bravery than than I think you'd ever expect from anyone. And she still walked out. It's not worth it. Yeah, and what am I going to do? Get him permanently hurt by a, a boxer who's now clearly superior. I think that you know, and actually, I bet all of that was discussed in the writers' room. Yeah, I don't think we're just adding that subtext. I think it's all there, don't you? I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I would say yeah. Oh, I'd say definitely because you know it all adds up in the themes of the film. It's very much about father and son dynamics and and. And how important that is, you know, even from a family construct, you know, I, you know, I, I think that was like the main theme of the film, and they included that with the Dragos, and it, it's a very nice aspect to take on board because the last shot we see, which is part of like the club, one of the few closing moments, is we see them jogging together, as opposed to uh, Ivan in his car, like as he's jogging, they're actually training together they're, they're they're like a unit now they're like but it, but it's not they're not running away from boxing yeah and they're not running towards it he's still a boxer that's probably still boxing training yeah but it's like it, it's not everything you can lose fights creed's lost fights yeah. rocky lost 20 of them before he got anywhere near apollo creed yeah so i think it's just a reframing of his relationship that my, I lost pride in myself because everyone lost pride in me because I lost a fight. Therefore, I couldn't be proud of my son if he lost. Yeah. And the events of the film has taught him that his, his pride in his son is not determined by that. And he's just seen the sort of bloodshot version of that, that the boy's mother walked out because he was losing. Hmm. He said, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that to him. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. But I love I love more the, the the other endings are just as good as well. I mean, the one that would have 
I think if you'd given me a script, the one where I'd have gone, oh, fuck, is the grave visit. I yeah. think I, I, I was a bit concerned about that when they went to the grave. I thought, this is going to be cheesy as fuck. But I, I thought that played quite nicely. He was almost introducing his family. Yeah. To his it's, father. It's a bit Rocky-esque as well, as a character. You know, not as a cliche, but as what, a character like, what, of, what, of because, talk, talking to a what, grave. Because and... Rocky sits with his wife. Yeah. yeah. Which he still does in this film. We haven't mentioned it, but he yeah. still goes to the daily. Sits in the cold and was talking about... And Paulie as well. So that, and Paulie. He puts some drink down for Paulie. Earlier in the film, he was talking about how he keeps wanting to call his son, but he keeps hanging up because what am I going to say? And I've let years gone by. Yeah. And when Adonis goes at him saying, you've made bad decisions, he later says, um, I've got a grandson and he doesn't know me. Yeah. And... He's talking to his wife about it. I know his wife isn't there, but Rocky's quite religious, so he would believe the spirit of her was. It's not something where he's behaved badly. It's just a, something that's been allowed to slowly happen over time. And too long's gone by now that he doesn't think he can do anything about it. Mm. So he hasn't like abandoned his son for like seven years or something. Just they fell out of touch with each other and seven years happens to have gone by or whatever it is. Do, do you think partly partly for that and you think partly maybe might be the, might, some of the theme of the film is something related to Rocky's actual son? What, his, his care for Adonis? No, he's, uh, he's, he's actually Sylvester Stone's oh, what, real Sage? son. Yeah. Sage. Because he, he, played, he played his son in Rocky Five, didn't he? So he recognised like, a connection so him uh Turning up an adult, you know, kind of like having a little I bit. Imagine of... how hard it would be. Yeah, he go, his son's in Vancouver. That was mentioned in the last film, I think. His father is that he'd moved up there. Mm. It is Milo Ventimiglia again. Yeah, um, just a cameo, effectively. He says about the boy who's how old? Five, something. Yeah, four, yeah. something like that. So let's say he moved up there, met someone up there fairly quickly, married, and had a baby. The chances are he's been up there like eight years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, just just as a guess. He says he looks like Adrian, and he really does. Yeah, I thought the boy, that. The, the boy looks like Talia Shire. You can see he said it. I go, oh shit, he does. Yeah, there is a resemblance there for sure. I was like, wow. How often do you get that in the film where they go, looks like his dad, and you go, no, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> just, look, just, just looks like a baby. Or... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they always write it into dialogue, regardless of who's cast. <laughs> Here they've gone out of their way to cast someone who looks like could be a member of that sort of Coppola family. Yeah, yeah. Not the dead spit by any means, but that looks like a relative of Talia Shire. Could be, I guess. Looks vaguely similar. I don't know. I'll look that up in a minute. But he just, just got, and I love the way he just says, I was in the area, <laughs> Vancouver. This is casual, isn't it? I'm so, I'm so pleased. That's like the third moment that made me cry in the film. I was like, oh, that's so nice. You know, yeah. I was in the area. What's up? And that little boy's like, oh, who are you? He goes, oh, this is your grandfather. It, it was the bit where I kind of welled up a bit. I think it's when he just sort of like, as he's before he walks in, he kind of wipes wipes his eyes. He's just like, oh, God. you know. Oh yeah, I I choked. But the thing is, of course, I went and wrote a review, and at the end, I sort of sort of almost said a goodbye to the series. I choked up. <laughs> I thought, I'm, I'm fucking Ooh. typing. <laughs> you know, that's all. It was very emotional. Yeah, it could all read as cheese. I think anything in this script could read as cheese. So much of it is an execution. So, got to give kudos to everybody, director included. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the the direction has some flair to it as well. I mean, like there was, it isn't just a bog standard A A to B. Um, 
there, there is some moments where you think, oh, actually, no, that's that's kind of, you know, didn't have to do it that way. You know, so, um, and as you say, the performances really sell it, and it's 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 told it's told relatively well. It doesn't enough different things. It all makes sense when you think about it, and you know, it it adds texture. It makes Rocky Four a good film. <laughs> It makes it Rocky brings, Four a better film. It, it brings Rocky Four in from the cold. I still think Rocky Four's not a good film. I I've always thought if I were ranking them, Rocky Five would go bottom because it's not fun. Rocky Four, Rocky Five, sorry, I mean, is a real unpleasant slog of a watch. But like I said at the time, it tries to do something different. You know, it tries to move the series on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think Rocky Five's a better film. It's got worse performances, and it's got Tommy Morrison in that. But Rocky Four is probably the worst film in the series, and a lot of people like bristle at that because it's fun and it's kind of iconic. Mm. But it's ninety minutes, largely montages, clumsy fucking propaganda, and most people in it are shit. Um, and this actually brings it into the series instead of just making it that weird superhero version of Rocky they did. It's a good revenge story, though. That's the thing about Rocky. It's a good, simple, like, revenge story. People go people go for that stuff. It kind of... It, it makes it cohesively part of the series now. I was fucking really nervous when they said, we're going to go the Drago route. And then we saw a teaser with the back of the robe with Drago on it. And I thought, what are they doing? They've just produced a film that's awards-worthy. You know, mm. in Creed, first time since the first film, really. The rest of them have been franchise fair that I've really, really enjoyed. But um, they've made something that sort of transcended its its roots, if you like, transcended what you should expect from the seventh film in a series. Um, and that's really my final thoughts on this. I think I think the film is formulaic compared to the last one, but it it, it does a little, it does different things with the formula in different places, and it, it plays every every one of those formulaic beats where you go, oh, they're going to slip into that cliche now. They either do the cliche better than you would ever expect, or they slightly subvert it. The character works terrific. I don't think I've seen an actor, I'm not saying he's one of the greatest actors I've ever seen, or anything hyperbolic like that, but I can't remember the last time I saw a leading actor show pain and confusion to that quality. Um, in the first film, he was a very chip on the shoulder character, but he even plays that with a bit more heart and understanding here. So I think everyone's continued to mature in, in their roles, but most particularly Michael B. Jordan, they waste Bianca a bit. That's a shame, but I left the film just, I left the film feeling like I did at the end of, sort of something like Indiana Jones and the last crusade where I just went, yeah, that, that's that's where you leave it. Yeah. So that's where I'll leave it. I I can't imagine where they could go after this, if they do make another film. Uh, Dave's probably shuddering at the thought, but um, who knows. But I would say this is a fitting end. Uh, this is as good as... It was almost like... it was In, in a way, it was kind of exactly the film I hoped. Um... You know, especially with the Dragos, you'd think, okay, they're gonna, it's gonna be a little bit hammy, but they've even had managed to find some subtext to that and had and had something that's a bit meaningful and had some had some that's, that's contextualized. So um, yeah, it's it it's very crowd pleasing, but does it in a 
in a way where it doesn't always give you the predictable beats in the, in the way that you used to. It does enough interesting things with it. So I really enjoyed it. So anyway, yeah, I would have to agree with both of you. Um, at the end of Creed, I thought, well, it'd be good if there's a sequel. And, and now there is. Um, but yeah, from here, I think I would kind of agree with your review, Dave, on a set to the tape. Um, as you know, to regards, I think after after all those years, I think now would be a nice time to kind of end it on a high. And yeah, I'm not quite sure where you would go from here, apart from maybe descending into melodrama, as we have done with the previous many previous installments. Um, and I was, I did kind of enjoy this film a lot more than I thought I would. Really strong performances. I would I would agree that sadly that um, Tessa Thompson does kind of draw the short straw. Unfortunately, um, I'd like to see more of her character. But it's good that she kind of emerges as an artist. Um, and again, she's kind of confined to the role of play second fiddle, and and kind of she's a bit underdeveloped. I but yeah, she... it's, it's... sorry, go on, Sorry, no, finish. no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, I think she's uh, she's better than Adrian. Or at least yeah, she also she does come into her own, and she does compared to Adrian, she does come out the stronger character. Bless her. She's not acting against what the audience wants all the way through. That's why. Oh no, definitely she did, doesn't. Yeah. Like Adrian was written that way. It's not Tally Shire. I like Tally oh, yeah, no. Shire, but no, it, definitely it just, it's just it's the writing. You know, for example. we, we no, go to does... watch Rocky like have some fights and shit, and then one of the major characters spends the film whining about the fact that a boxer husband is a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But with um, with Bianca, she stands on her own two feet as her own in her own right as as a musician and as a mother as well. And obviously, it's just. You know, it's a very um, richly imagined character, I think, for sure. But I, I enjoyed it over a lot more. And, yeah, I think if the series was, was to come to an end now, I'd probably go out on a high. Um, but, you know, I would have seen, I would have liked um, I could perhaps, perhaps do the trilogy, but obviously he was quite busy, as was Michael B. Jordan um, on uh, Black Panther, which we'll come to soon on the Marvel series. But, yeah. hey-ho, what will be, will what be. What I would have, would have loved if, like, when they had, when, like, Creed and... Drago had their fight. The song at the start had been done by like Chadwick Boseman as James Brown. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> uh, that would have been brilliant. Uh, what, 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 what I will say this: if there is a Creed free, if there is a Creed free, um, at least there'll be no actual uh, like obligation to kind of re- like a formula to repeat. It's not like it's not like they kind of like just following like Rocky films again. It's like I think if they do a third one, there, there's a good potential to be completely different to what's been before. So that we, we to an extent we wouldn't actually know what to expect. Presumably, I mean, if there is a, a third film, that's the that's the only plus I would say. But who knows? Dave's not convinced, but... Yeah, I think... Yeah, Alright, I'm not convinced, but I think a lot of that is because if I... To fully appreciate Creed 3, I'd have to have a full appreciation of Creed 2. And as much as I've just appreciated it for a couple of hours, I can't fully appreciate it because I don't know enough about it. I think considering this film is so new, I think I've done quite well to cobble together the <laughs> facts that are on imdb.com and various other websites. Nah. Are we leaving fun facts tonight? Um, I can read some. Some they're not all from IMDb.com. There are some out there. Yeah, then... well, that's that's that, we might as well tell the listeners go and have a look at IMDb. <laughs> yes, that's good. Listeners, go and have a look at if you're if you're a fan of IMDb.com forward slash Creed Two. 
Although one of them I did notice was really interesting. Obviously, this film was produced um, and distributed in parts by MGM. Um, and obviously, in, before, the, um, before the the first fight in the film, they're kind of waiting in the room, and it's um, Ars Gratio, which is the actual motto for MGM itself, which is up for art's sake. And I was like, oh, that's quite nice. But I was sort of thinking, that's probably the only time we're going to see an MGM film this shit, because Bond doesn't come out till 2020. And it's just like, oh. So it was nice to see that logo. Um, and to see that kind of on the wall, I was like, ah, oh, I know what that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the record, uh, Sloan was going to be directing it, but I uh, backed out. Um, uh, I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe he just felt like... Couldn't be asked. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> he is very busy. But obviously, this is uh, obviously that you've got, like, Sly, Michael B. Jordan, and Tess Thompson. They've all featured in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies I, as well. So you've got I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, by and large... Yeah, I mean, all three leads have in this film, yeah. Well, yeah, and obviously... Uh, um, Bridget Nielsen was famously Red Sonja as well. Um, yeah. And I think um, Drago, he was, um, wasn't he like, oh, was he the Punisher at one point? He was the Punisher in the latest yeah. film, yeah. So there we uh, go, you've got the Marvel MCU connection there for sure. But yeah, the MCU connection, obviously the other three, uh, Tessa Thompson was uh, in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, obviously we know Killmonger. Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther and Sylvester Stallone had a relatively small role in Guardians 2. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I I I hope they stop here. I think that's been clear in everything I've said. If they don't, they don't. You know. I think if they don't, they don't. There's very there's very few Rocky films that aren't at least entertaining. So they'll produce a third film and it'll be entertaining enough. But I know Sly is hinting he's done it before, but he has said this time on Instagram this is his end, the end of the role for him. But he was talking about, you know, passing the torch and how it's his Michael B. Jordan's franchise now. And part of me is like, okay, let's see him stand on his own two feet without it yeah. being half about Rocky as well. But I also think, you know, quit while you're fucking ahead. For goodness sake, I thought they took a risk making this film. What they've come up with, in some respects, it isn't as good as Creed, but it, but it's more than good enough. Better than what you're expecting. Massively. Yeah. Massively. I was expecting a train wreck. I was expecting, I was expecting, a bottom th- three Rocky film. I'm not, I'm, I'm not bottom in the sense of uh, Rick Mail and Ed no, <laughs> no, no, bottom three. I was expecting, I didn't expect it to be as bad as five or four. I thought they can't. Not a rehash of, of They're four. not going to go and make something. I, thought I was expecting it to be a rehash of four, but I wasn't expecting it to be as cartoonish. I think four is a flat out a bad film. It's an entertaining bad film, but it's shit. Um, I was expecting something around Rocky Three standard, actually, and it is very Rocky Three in uh, style and beats, but it, it's better. It's better than that. It's better than damn Rocky sit above it. So yeah, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, well, you know, you can't get far from that, than can you? So no. um, yeah, I, I think I think that's us covered then yeah. so uh just mentioning bottoms uh, to quote their live show that's it fuck off they <laughs> <laughs> come back next time is that what they said uh at the end of bottom live they, they the curtain went down and then it went back off up and it just had a sort of curtain behind it that just literally read that's it fuck off <laughs> oh we'll do social media first you can find me at the pasty kid 1976 on twitter uh, you can find me at Cinematrocks on Twitter. You can also find this podcast at Cinematrocks UK. We can find all our previous episodes there if you can't find it on iTunes.
And you can follow us on Twitter at Expects as a Talk, also on Facebook at Expect as a Talk. We're also on the YouTube, which you can search for Do You Expect as a Talk? If you want to, you can drop us an email, expect us talk at gmail.com. Um, the Christmas website's in Florida.co.uk. Occasionally, gotta... on, occasionally on Stitcher, you can find us on there. I've got a Logan Lucky flashback then. When you said oh, yeah. YouTube, I was thinking of the Googles. <laughs> the Googles. You're on the Googles. On the um, YouTube. On the YouTube and on the putting pronouns and things in front of things. I probably shouldn't be there. Um, it's because I can't remember and because it's quarter past 11 at night and I'm, it is on the thing. And my neurons aren't firing, so. Fair yes, enough. visit us on, the, um, on social media for sure. Um, give us a tweet. Give us a message. Um, drop us an email. Um, we can't do voicemails right now, but as I say, hopefully maybe coming soon. But yeah, do get in touch definitely. Um, also, any series, any film series that you that we haven't covered so far that you would maybe like us to cover in the future. The famous Truman Show franchise. <laughs> any any suggestions of franchises you would like to see us and we should add it to the list for our consideration? Do let us know. That was a bit random, but I thought I'd stick that on the end. <laughs> okay. I think there haven't been enough Marvel Studios actors in this film at three, so we need a film that's got only Marvel Studio actors in it, which means Becca. Do you to talk or return, hopefully this time, with our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1? <laughs>